Wardcast episode 147. Go. 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 <laughs> I'm Dylan Vento, and today I'm rejoined by Alex Damrath. Hi. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. Well. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> High energy. <laughs> also joined. It's coming back to me. I just woke up like three hours ago. Really? <laughs> 13 minutes ago. What are you, in high school? <laughs> uh, I'm also joined by Will Blanton. Hey, Dylan. How you doing? Good. Great. <laughs> And also joining us, special guest, Brian Clevenger. What? <laughs> How you I'm, doing? I'm not here voluntarily. I want everyone to know that. Brian, blink twice. Yeah, you need a more like uh, subtle duress <laughs> signal. <laughs> I'm doing great. Help! <laughs> Call the police! Brian Clevenger of Atomic Robo fame, of Ape Theater fame. Dang. Of Nuclear Age fame wow fallout nuka break good lord somebody read wikipedia yeah look at that impressive (laughs) portfolio i've consumed at least three of those four things cool so now it's your job and i am currently which one is them (laughs) alex is trying trying to keep up (laughs) oh god i'm on like page five hang on so this is the first time we've had a a comics creator on the show brian how do you feel about that being the first feel good yeah uh low expectations because no one else has shown how cool comics people can be so i can just be kind of low-key and crappy and they'll be like oh that's just how comics guys are let's just never do this this again failed experiment (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's a it's a failed industry yeah we we know that yeah uh no i'm excited to have you on will you seem poised to say something do i yeah your mouth is agape. You, you, you hear uh, uh. Maybe my nose is just kind of stuffy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is there a big, uh, um, like, comics group in Richmond, unit, like, professional-wise? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, strangely. Um, I'm a weird hermit, so I'm, like, the worst person in the world to come to about that. To but, invite on a podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you guys. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's quite a few comics folks uh, here in town and around town. Uh, you know, VCU being such an artsy kind of school, I think it attracts a certain kind of maniac, and Richmond is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a good vibe. It's okay. It's a nice place to be if you're a creative type. Yeah. You know? But so, don't, don't, don't tell any of the big people. Yeah. That's going to ruin the vibe. Yeah. Uh, stay out. <laughs> the indie vibe. <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think before I went to VCU, when I was still in Virginia Beach, I remember uh, I, the guy that makes Earth World. Yeah, he's still here. Yeah. yeah. Um he was doing some talk or Rob some Boulder. Yeah. Uh and I was like, "Oh wow, like someone that lives in the Mid-Atlantic. That's weird. I thought all you peeps lived not here." Yeah, they they're all in New York living up a, a cool artsy lifestyle yeah. with huge apartments. Mm-hmm. Um that are $6,000 in rent a month. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. But that gives you like a mansion, right? Like yeah. That oh, gives yeah. you a it's lot huge. of space. It's enormous. It's like six stories. Or they're all in LA. Yeah. And they live in a car. Yeah. In LA traffic. Yes. There's no point in getting an apartment in LA. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, Well, guys. What have you guys been playing? Anything you want to talk about? Come on, hey. guys. Hey. We're better about this. Where's the flow? I've been playing... 
this cool game. I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard of it. It's called Part-Time UFO. Uh, I've heard of that. Okay. I yeah. heard about it when you mentioned it earlier before we started recording. Did I just break the <laughs> illusion? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Dylan, have you heard of this one? Yes. As I recall, Dylan didn't like it. <laughs> Dylan didn't Dylan, like it. Dylan, Dylan made it clear he might have some choice words. Oh, I don't hate it. I, I I got that, but you've got you got more complaints than the rest of us. I was just like, okay, there's yeah. not much here. Your complaint is probably my number one. Like your fear, I love it. Oh, yeah, okay. okay, yeah. I, I I feel like when you mentioned that, I was like that. That's so indicative of how I don't even you remember. You guys are. clung on to my words more so than I did. What did <laughs> oh, I say? Okay. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me pull the Discord back. I think that you were basically just saying there there wasn't much. Uh, it wasn't very deep or breadthwise wide. Yeah, but that's what I like in a mobile game. Yeah, same here. You're expecting so, more in a four dollar mobile game. <laughs> You're expecting more depth yeah. than there was. I'll pay like upwards of ten dollars just for a mobile game to like shut up, <laughs> just shut up already. I'm with that. I'd I'd much rather pay the upfront cost. But you won't buy anything or, on Steam. Yeah, no. <laughs> It's just it. I enjoy the way it feels. I mean, obviously, it's a HAL game, so mm-hmm. it feels really good. Um, all the cute characters. Yeah, I and I like the little mini objectives you can do, like mm-hmm. put the Greek temple back together, and if you make it two stories, you get extra points. Right. It just wasn't enough to like keep me going. Also, it has software controls, like a software yeah. joystick. Come on. Yeah. What, oh, I, I don't like that. What, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. But I mean, I think that like so. Similar to Downwell, I just feel like this would work better as a PC game, uh, just control-wise. But I don't think it would do well on PC just because people expect more out of like a commercial release on PC. I might expect it to be maybe way too easy on PC, just because like the slipperiness of the controls, I think, factors into it in a way. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels good. Um, and I don't know. I feel like the price point might make it, might convince people to pick it up on PC. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's just, like I said, yeah, it wasn't much there. I mean, it is four bucks. Like if, if <laughs> Which you, is like a million dollars on the phone. It is. <laughs> but like, if you think about it, if you played it kind of off and on for a week, you got your money's worth. Sure. Yeah. But I didn't even play it that long. Wait, you ever buy a Starbucks <laughs> coffee? No, oh, I, hate, I hate coffee. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so this analogy falls apart like immediately. All right, have you, you ever, ever buy a Chipotle burrito? Yikes! Why? The cost of two <laughs> Chipotle burritos and you one trip have. to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> what Chipotle burrito are you buying for four dollars? Uh, I'm saying for price of sorry half oh, of oh, a, for half two, of a, okay. that's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> I was like, like you can buy on top parts. of that. What two Chipotle burritos? <laughs> You're just walking up to the counter and be like, "Give me two tortillas, please." And then you're walking out. I'll have the two burritos for two dollars a piece special, please. <laughs> <laughs> they just go along with it because they don't want to look stupid. It's like <laughs> our hidden menu is just so large now. I just I don't even know what we have. The secret menu is getting intense. Uh, so how did how did you uh, like approach the game? Like, um, well, I bought it. Mm-hmm. And I downloaded it, mm-hmm. and I opened it, mm-hmm. and it said, "Put these oranges back in the back of this truck." Mm-hmm. And I did that, and it says, "Okay, now do this over and over again, but with different sprites." 
and that's the game. I feel like that's enough for me. So on a mobile game, like I I'm yeah, sitting there, the, I'm sort of watching Netflix. Sure, there's all sorts yeah. of like, you know, like weird, harder challenges. Like how far did you get? Literally, like the Greek Temple one, which is the second one. Oh, what? And I came back. All right, come I on, came man. back later to do that one. Like I played the <laughs> tutorial one. <laughs> I was like, like, all right. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, t- took a lot out of me. Wow. I was like, I got this. All right, it's understood. Understand the entire breadth of this game. All right, all right, all right. It it there's more. Okay. The core of the game is still pick things up and 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 put them back where they belong. Uh-huh. But the challenges get like they fart. Yes. Big time. They got gas. Uh like like you saw that small conversation Will and I were having about how hard they get later on. And there's like a real challenge to some of them. Uh it's nuts. It's really oh. cool. So like it does it does kind of like it is very a very basic premise. And there isn't like a lot of like breadth to it. But I think it does kind of go into it pretty deep in some ways. And like I don't know if like this is a spoiler or anything, but like for instance <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the UFO dies. You have to you have to build like oh, a uh uh like pagoda type style Japanese castle thingy. You know what I'm talking about? A Japanese castle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so you go up to it and there's, there's no way to like really grasp onto any of it. Like you can kind of do it and the game is all physics-y so you can sort of finagle it in some ways, but it's just not like other things where it's like, this is my claw size or like this has some divots on it that my claw can pick up. It's like just unwieldy. Mm -hmm. But then these ninjas are popping out from the side of the screen and throwing ninja stars and the ninja stars take off your time if you get hit. Oh man! But if you dodge them, they'll hit the like the elements of this castle that you have to pick up and lodge themselves into it, creating something to pick up the object by. Ah! And so like, there's a lot of stuff like that that's just like okay, really there's, clever. There's some smartness and some nuance. Like you basically played the tutorial levels and were like, ah, this is all the same for babies <laughs> yeah. i mean like i wouldn't say it goes like super crazy deep but like there is some cool stuff and like you know even there's there's stuff like the fishing levels where the fish are actively fighting being picked up out of the ocean and you have to have a little more like strength and, and some and some what is it some leverage on mm-hmm. like how to grab them mm-hmm. and, and pull them out of the water uh but there's like the art one where you have to be extra careful because if you drop like a vase, it breaks or something. Was that one? Or am I making? I don't know, up? I'm like super careful. I never fuck up in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, perfect at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw the nuance wherein you had to swing stuff. Like you would pick stuff up at the wrong angle. Like mm-hmm. when I was picking up like the the stone, the columns, like Corinthian column, and it was like <laughs> this, and it needed to be like that. So I had to wait for the crane to swing around so i could land it perfectly yeah like the gravity stuff seemed cool it was finding ways to more precariously place things like on the cheerleader levels where they essentially only have like this much space to to balance things on it's uh maybe it just comes from my deep-seated hatred of the crane game that <laughs> yeah. <I don't. laughs> yeah that's a valid i can totally yeah. like if if you're not into this like core mechanic i don't know if the game will ever do enough to like win you over okay just the first date went bad and yeah it's just trying to salvage <laughs> this relationship it's just it's not gonna work 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say give it a few more tries. I will try the next couple levels, see what it does for you. I guess I, I also sh- have yeah. been playing like if I don't get all three of the goals, I just start over immediately. Like I don't even. <laughs> okay. Doesn't and, it and even not tell you what the golds are until you beat it once. You like, can kind of intuit. It uses symbols, right? Like like the achievement, like the the yeah, extra yeah. achievements. It's like a pictogram, not a yeah. like it doesn't even tell you what those are. Right. Yeah, which is also funny. Yeah, and it's kind of fun. I mean, it's pretty easy to like intuit what those are, but it's still just kind of fun to figure them out and go for them. Well, Brian, maybe give it a look if you're willing to spend the four dollars. It sounds good. <laughs> if you're willing to give Big Nintendo. Well, it's not because it's just Hal, right? Yeah, and they're second party, so they don't Hal Egg, which seems like an offshoot. It's like their incubator, right? Like experimental. I want to work for Hal Egg. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, honestly. egg ink. Yeah, Hal Egg ink. <laughs> I would move to Japan and work for Hal Egg. Well, you got to make the next downwell to get hired. Brian, what have you been playing? Uh, I told you I was playing Titanfall two, but actually I'm not anymore because I finished because it's really short. Yeah, it is pretty short. How long is the campaign? A lot of fun. Oh, I don't know. It only I've like played maybe a level a night. And got through it in like, I don't know, five, less than a week. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd call it like between six and ten hours. Yeah, yeah. At the, ten, ten if you're like going for every single secret and yeah. bonus thing. But Are you a big FPS guy or what's your what's your fancy? Not really. I I, um, I'm, I prefer the third person shooty kind of stuff. Um, But I, I, got, I got Titanfall because it was like nine dollars or something and with everything on it mm-hmm. all the dlc which is useless because it's all for multiplayer which is like dead now but whatever uh, it made me feel fancy alex will gladly play titanfall <laughs> 2 multiplayer with you i will i will actually hop back on it once in a I, while uh yeah. i playing the single player campaign which was super fun was like a, a six hour lesson in why i would hate the multiplayer it's just way too frenetic right like in a first person or a first or a single player uh, perspective that doesn't bother me because it's just me going around and having fun. You're super you do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, but I feel bad if I'm in a multiplayer experience because I'm going to be awful at it because it's there's because I'm an old man now. <laughs> you guys don't know this, but I'm 40 years old. Gasps. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the oldest. <laughs> well, so excited <laughs> finally. And uh, so I just don't have the reflexes I used to. And uh, so, yeah, I would feel bad about not being as useful for the team because it's just it's too much. There's the wall running. There's the jumping. There's grappling. There's explosions. Oh, hey, there's a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. But in single player, it's a lot of fun. That's a lot of stuff to play around with. Um, so, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed the robot and the interplay and everything. It was it was cool. All right. Yep. Very I mean, cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had I had touched on uh, for these guys uh, last year. I was, there was a lot of talk about how Titanfall 2 created a very masterful campaign, and I was big into the multiplayer, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not knocking it. It looks like it's amazing. I've seen videos, but it's just like, that's not for me. I, I get that. I mean, I got the exact same sensibility whenever I play Overwatch. I feel like if I'm not pulling my weight, this just isn't very fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can tell I'm just a burden on everyone else who wants to enjoy this game. <laughs> and uh, with Titanfall 2, it at least feels like you can be not a team player but still pull your weight yeah which is that's something i can do see i got a lot of that in uh destiny when i was playing that Mm. right i've never i haven't played the sequel but uh well if you want to buy a game for cheap it was literally six dollars on amazon the other day oh man i should have got it but for ps4 which i just didn't want it oh i I, I I primarily play 
shooters on console just because I hate mouse and keyboard. For some reason. So Again, it's the old man. My my hands don't work like they used to. <laughs> I need the two joysticks like the Atari. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but yeah like the multiplayer in old school destiny i don't know how the sequel is but it was like it was almost like it was so wildly unbalanced that it reached this new level of perfect balance because <laughs> you could wrap back around yeah because you could you everybody had a super move that could kill everybody in one hit and that would just slowly charge up but also charge up faster if you killed anybody and you then had like grenade moves that slowly recharged as well which could also kill anybody in one hit and then there were uh multiple weapons that everybody had access to that could kill anybody in like two hits that so sounds like, like Halo. Yeah, it was yeah. very Halo, but like better. Uh, <laughs> but like, so if you're running around and, and if you're halfway decent and you and you've sort of got an idea of the map and where the enemy's coming from, like you're you don't even know what you're doing really, but you're like, okay, this is definitely a left turn. You turn around, you shoot, you kill a guy, and you're doing really good. Mm-hmm. So like, like I, I ended up being a that was probably the best first person shooter multiplayer whatever wow. game I've ever had because it was so and I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the fact that you have such a suite of destructive ultimate death powers that was like no mm. if i just hit any button somebody's gonna <laughs> die <laughs> something's gonna happen yeah, yeah. but that, that just made it fun because it was like it didn't nothing mattered like you would get vaporized out of nowhere and you'd be like well all right fair I'm like <laughs> seems good seems yeah. balanced yeah. Yeah. yeah makes sense they must use that one shot kill thing <laughs> <laughs> i need to remember to hit my button next time <laughs> i have not played like more than 10 minutes of of destiny since it's come out but I just get too hard of like a Borderlands flashback when I look at it. And I remember how hard I fell off that horse like yeah. like five, I don't know, two hours into Borderlands 2. I've played Borderlands 2 twice, like not like I've attempted to play the entire thing through mm-hmm. and they're like difficulty spike. Like there's literally a wall you hit. Yeah. That if you play it by yourself, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're not getting past this point. And it gets worse. Like, right. So there's new game plus essentially in Borderlands 2. Uh and like I think you can just keep playing it through, and then like every time you play through, like everything levels up again and again and again. Oh, really? And it gets mm-hmm. to a point where a single bullet from anybody will just splat you dead. Great. But it, but it takes you know a thousand bullets to even <laughs> do anything to them. It's like, did you guys really do the math? <laughs> yeah, the numbers go up. Yeah. It's an MMO shooter. Numbers go up, or or loot shooter. Yeah. What it's was numbers? our um our little qualifier for uh Titanfall two? Oh, uh, coolest experience. Coolest experience. So it was the most devoted to making you feel like a god. Yeah, that entire game is just a, a love letter to, yeah, that to was, rule of cool. That was really fun. Like when we were trying to come up with that, and Alex was just like, "Most bad at wait, awesomest cool thing." <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alex was like both overthinking it and underthinking yeah. it, like the superlative for that. And he was like, "I don't know. It's just like the coolest experience." I'm like there, that's like concise. <laughs> makes sense. There we go. Throw it in but the, pot. the the gist was just it makes you feel like a hardcore badass cool yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, it feels like this is an action movie, and you're you're but you're the one making it happen. Like it does a really good job of of presenting the different sets and the different enemies and the different weapons and giving you agency, but also kind of helping it happen for you at the same mm-hmm. time. So right. you're, so it's not you don't get that weird disconnect where the game's telling you you're this amazing badass, but right. you get just murked no matter what you do. And it's like, well, I don't really feel like a badass. Right. There. It's Ludo narrative dissonance. Right. LD. I think, uh, LD 42. <laughs> I think my favorite, um, way I heard it described was playing. There are several occasions where playing Titanfall two, you can feel like that moment just came from a trailer or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
And parkour is cool. Parkour is always cool. Kids will never get tired of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, uh, Moment Khan, one of our buddies in the game dev community here. He, um, big parkour dude. <laughs> and on our Slack once, he was talking about parkour, and I brought the Giphy, like, GIF keyboard, and I, like, just put in parkour and just hit the first thing and it's this guy running down the street and then he does a front flip and then he just keeps running and moment's like that's free running that's not parkour (laughs) like (laughs) sorry whoa wow the guy knows his stuff it's hardcore that parkour hardcore parkour (laughs) yes hardcore hardcore it works better if you read it (laughs) you spell it out yeah okay so h-a-r-d-c O-U-R or K-O-U-R? I'm, gonna, I'm going with K because okay. that's even more hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, what else you guys been playing? Will? Mm. Uh, you and me, buddy. This is new. You played a game. Yeah, I played like a, re- a real game that the kids play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fortnite? Yes. Yeah, Pretty much. We're getting yeah. real deep. So he's got his John Wick skin. I got my Thanos skin. We're just running around. Hey, hey, Thanos isn't a skin, okay? It's an item. Oh my God. Ha, this was a sting. We were trying to find the young kid. We were trying to find the lame that actually plays this game. Can I actually... I do have one front night story. Okay, yeah. Is that, did I say it right? Yeah, yes. hit me with your okay. flip, Nart. <laughs> so I was on a plane. I was, I was in LA for a con, and I was flying back, and there's this kid next to me, and it was, it's like a six-hour flight. And he whips out his laptop because we got wireless, and he starts watching Fortnite videos. And it's uh, but not like videos of playing; like it, it's like strategies. Oh, you want the coolest, whatever. Okay. Or, you know how, how to see a Fortnite. Like, oh, I got a six-hour flight. Yeah, time yeah. to go to school, time, bus. Time to study up. <laughs> and the, this kid's like ten or twelve or something. But so and and I so okay. This is another story about how what I do in airplanes because I spend a lot of time in airplanes going to con- conventions, and you know how they have the TV screen on the back of the yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. So I instantly turn mine off. I hate that damn thing. So my hobby is to watch what other people are watching yes, with no volume. Yes, <laughs> yes. That is, that is the ideal experience. I watched, I watched the entirety of, uh, uh, not the new Christopher Robin movie, but like the old Christopher Robin movie with Dominic Gleeson playing A.A. Mine. Like I watched that entire thing on someone else's. Yeah. I watched Taken 3 on someone else's yes. like at the same time. So I was just like <laughs> yeah. flipping channels. Because it gets bored. <laughs> yeah. You know, boring at certain parts. Right. Uh, so, so instead, in lieu of doing that, I'm watching this kid. I'm doing this, you know. I'm trying not to look like I'm watching you, kid, but because that's I, I'm a stranger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so the more I saw of this, first of all, I don't really before this experience, I wasn't really sure about Fortnite. Period. Like it just looks like chaos. Yeah. But the more I watched, the even less I understood. <laughs> I was hoping it could be like that's like a, a beautiful mind where everything just unlocks. Nope. Nope, it just all spilled right out. Okay. Yeah. That's games as a service. <laughs> that's games that's as a service for you. <laughs> that's, that's what they do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was a big, I played a lot of PUBG last year and seeing the big switch from that to Fortnite yeah. kind of broke my heart a little Aww. bit just because I couldn't get into Fortnite. And I was like, wow, it's finally happened. I finally don't understand the big popular game. Yep. Uh, there's a tweet going around that said, I'm glad I grew up on this. And it yeah. was a picture of Minecraft and not this yep. picture of Fortnite. <laughs> and I think we all aged 10 years at the side of that picture. Well, for me, it would be Final Fantasy 1 and Minecraft. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Final Fantasy 1 and Halo 1. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, that was weird. Like realizing that game's like nine years old. Minecraft? Yeah. Yeah. Minecraft's nine years old, Will. 
Seems like a, it's older, but I guess that's Well, right. that's because it has crappy graphics on purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. That's the trick. Also, it was like no one played it for three years. Mm-hmm. So if we really want to start counting, let's let's count from the Microsoft acquisition forward, okay? So it's only three <laughs> and a half years old. Uh, since we're talking about Fortnite, I kind of want to bring up that that uh, epic thing because that was really cool. That back pay thing. Mm, yeah. I really like that. What is this? So Epic is changing their revenue split for people that make like uh, like third party content for like, you know, like asset how Unity store. has asset store stuff. Like there's oh, Unreal asset yeah. store. The split used to be industry standard 70-30. Now it's 88-12, something like that. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're back paying it. So the last two, three years? Yeah, it was a couple of years at yeah. least. I, I, I think say what you will about like the Unity versus Unreal debacle. I think Unreal's community management side of things is is a it's like a play on, on, on yeah. the recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Will. Um I, I think Unreal's uh community management side of things is being handled in a much better way. Like when Paragon shut down, they're just like have all of the assets community for free. They're yours. You can look at them, you can see exactly how we made this game, every model, every effect. And uh oh I'm sorry, did we take too much money from you here? Have it all back. You know, they're 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 kind of playing it up as But was that before or after Fortnite blew up? Um because don't I get think, me wrong. I think, I think it's to cool. be very fair, it has been more apparent since Fortnite right. blew up. Like I think they just are so flush with cash now that they they can afford to be the really cool uncle that just like comes in with a pair of sunglasses and makes it rain all over your living room. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. like all of my cool uncles. <laughs> right. Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> my uncle that works at Nintendo. Very much does that, and he just comes in and drops Switch games on your floor for you. Like, ah, like, pick them up, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> You gotta eat them first. You gotta taste it. You gotta <laughs> lick it before it's yours. That's a rule. Especially with like you know how the rich past, people act. Like couple of months, <laughs> Unity's gotten really like bad at sales. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those emails have been going around where it's <laughs> like, "Hey, we think you're making more than a hundred thousand dollars on your game. We just think that." So we checked your LinkedIn. Yeah, which doesn't exist. <laughs> so we're going to. Uh, we need you to pay the professional license now or what was the other one uh uh you left this running overnight <laughs> right are you okay yeah they <laughs> use the analytics like the built-in analytics into the editor to be like hey this person like literally left it on overnight by accident and so they got a frantic email from unity that's weird sales rep the next day and everyone's like, just go turn off your like in editor <laughs> analytics like right now. And you can't unless you're paying the pro license. Oh, really? Yeah, I you can't turn off the analytics. I know that you're... little nugget. So it's it, the the like terrifying like extrapolation of this is just in the future all the software we use is gonna have like those dumb chat box bullshit things where it's just like. Hey, <laughs> may I help you? It's a little bubble in the corner. Yeah, yeah, it pops the up. Evolution some guys clippy. Yeah. Uh, in that vein, I uh, let me tell you about my Amazon experience yesterday. I bought some soap, just some soap, like you do on Amazon. I sure. like it. Yeah. Bought six bars. I'm with like you so far. A pack of six Wait bars. A bars. Yes. Uh, so it's it's a rectangular prism. But what do the kids do now? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I bought some. You know, I have a Prime subscriber, so I get it two days later. I'm like, cool. Um, got it. Yesterday, open the box up. One bar of soap. 
I'm like, that's five less than I bought. And I like double checked to make sure I didn't like accidentally buy like a single bar of soap. No, I bought six bars of soap for twenty bucks. So right now I have a twenty dollar bar of soap. It's artisanal. Yeah. Damn good bar of soap. <laughs> it's bespoke. Is there Whoa. like there's is there a note in it that's like Thanks. Can you cut this bar of soap <laughs> three times to make it six bars? <laughs> um that's four bars of soap. If what? you will. If you keep cutting uh, is it? That's that's the challenge, Dylan. Can you cut it? <laughs> cut it only three times. Well, no, and make yeah. it make six. So you you cut yeah. it once. Now okay. you got two pieces. Now you cut it a second time, but they're together. So now Across. you got four. Got it. Uh-huh. Got it. Uh-huh. All, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, I missed now that. Now you're catching on. All right, <laughs> geometry. Yeah. It's not into, like, just for nerds. <laughs> Alex is turning into his knife show persona, <laughs> where he's just like, we gotta get rid of these soap now. <laughs> um, so I was like, shit. Okay, I have a twenty dollar bar of soap. How, I want six bars of soap. And so I go on Amazon and I'm sell like, this $20 soap. Yeah, there you go. Fl- flip it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I just want, instead of me putting this back in the box and paying for, or not even paying for it, but printing the shipping label and doing whatever with it and having some, you know, poor UPS driver drive my single bar of soap back to the, you know, distribution facility <laughs> and just for them to send me six bars of soap instead. Yeah. Can't I just pay the difference and what I received versus what I actually wanted? And have them just send me six more bars of soap. And from the outset, I was like, I know I can't. This is not going to be within the corporate machine of Amazon. This is not going to be a solution. You're like calling up like 1-800-AMAZON-HELP and being like, I'm going to talk to the guy that owns this place. I liter- <laughs> No, I literally like brought up the chat and was like, all right, let's see if we could do this. Person comes up and I like wrote my query beforehand. I was like, can I do this? And they're like, would you like to replace, return or get a refund on on your soap. I was like, no, I want to do. I want to keep this. I want to pay the difference, and I want to get the six bars of soap actually ordered. Do you want to replace, return, <laughs> or get a refund? And I yeah. just immediately closed the window. I was like, it's terrible. I know how this works. I mean, whatever. Like, it's such a weird edge case. Like, why would they support that if you're just a they should send profit just driven send five. Machine. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Break open a six pack of bars of soap yeah. and send Free me soap the, for me. Yeah, well, that's I mean, what they did to the previous they guy. Lying around, yeah. That's what happened to the previous guy. Yeah, <laughs> so they had this extra bar of soap and they're just like, whatever. There you go. Just send it. It'll work out. Yeah, I once uh, also ordered on Prime Now an extra XLR cable because I need one one day, and I was also like, oh, I need laundry detergent, so <laughs> I just ordered it together. Guy brings it, entire bag is just soaked. With laundry detergent because I guess oh. the cap came off. And I'm like, this XLR cable is useless because like it's covered in laundry detergent. So is it useless or is it just really clean? The audio is pristine Thank when you. it comes through yeah. that, and it smells like cotton when you hear it through your earbuds. Exactly. Well, you got to put the earbuds up your nose to get the effect. Yes, <laughs> and then you open your mouth and soap bubbles come out. Oh. Wow, <laughs> it's a miracle. Now Amazon's paying my hospital bills. <laughs> <laughs> sure they are. <laughs> right. He can afford it. He just won't. He can also afford AC in the, the, the warehouses, Alex, and that's not happening. He could also have a literal button on his desk that ends the internet as we know it. So, Like 80% of the internet, which right. is basically the internet. Which, yeah. Or, All the or, big ones. Or he could pay his employees a living wage. Oh. I'm going oh, there. Oh. <laughs> he could do that. We welcome it. 
But I want to yeah. get Doritos in an hour for three dollars <laughs> without leaving my house. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> I'm too busy watching this Twitch stream. <laughs> we uh, we have decided collectively as a society that we value <laughs> meaningless junk. Look, I participated in the Prime Day strike, but I still opened up Twitch to get my oh. <laughs> my, my Twitch Prime rewards. Scab man. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Menark cross the picket lines for some cheap indie game. (laughs) (laughs) Who pays for indie games anymore? (laughs) I just use itch and grab all the free ones I can, which is literally all of them. Well, except for regular human basketball. Right? Did you play that? Uh, I did not. I didn't pick it up yet. Okay, but I plan to because I said I love the the jam version. And that's a who is that? Power Hoof. Power Hoof, which means guys behind crawl. crawl and. Lots of other jam games. Cool. Um, I wonder if is is crawl on itch. Yeah. Yes, they actually added it with this copy of uh, regular human basketball. Okay, because crawl has Gabe Newell in it as like an optional like mini boss. Have you like it does? Yeah. So it's like regular Gabe Newell like walking around, and then once one of the players possesses it, he like crawls into a ball for a second, and then he sprouts a beard. And pulls out two knives and just like runs around. I assume it's two knives from his knife collection. Yeah. Um. So maybe they swapped him with Leaf. That would they be put it on itch. Good. What's what's Leaf's like superpower? I can only imagine he's really skinny. He's pretty spry. Yeah. 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 Just darts around. Yeah. I have never seen this person in my life. Let me be very clear. <laughs> but just going by the fact that his name is Leaf and he's the opposite of Gabe Newell, he's got to be really skinny. He is like. When you when you say like this dude Leaf, what you're picturing in your head is probably like <laughs> exactly remarkably it. close. Just make the yeah. hair red because I know you're not picturing a redhead. Yeah. So just make the hair red. Oh, I um, kind of was when you. Uh, so okay, so it's just Alex with the beard. It's it's Jeb from the Minecraft. That's game. actually actually yeah yeah yeah. Which I got confused for a lot in high school. Really. People uh, thought because yeah, he had a ponytail. Okay, they didn't think I was Jeb, but okay. I got a lot of like. Did you make Minecraft? <laughs> at least that I did get. I at least got like two or three. Not in high school though. Sorry, I'm like, I at least got two or three people <laughs> who said I look like Jeb, and then also whenever I told little kids when I was in college yeah. <laughs> that I made games, it was always like, <gasps> Did you make Minecraft? Did you make Minecraft? Yes. Did you make Super Mario Brothers? My favorite yes. was this kid goes, Did you make Ghosts? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like I might have made like a ghost in a game, I guess. And he's like, no, did you make ghosts? And it just took me like 30 minutes to figure out he was talking about like Call of Duty, I think. <laughs> did you invent <laughs> spectral will, will, like creatures will, of will the night? Thought this kid was asking him if he's murdered someone. Yeah. And he thought he got called, found out. <laughs> I thought he had to put this kid in the ground. I, I was <laughs> about to make one more. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be much more sold on the idea of like, did you invent, yeah, you know, like, like the embodiment of spirits? Yes. No, like Just- I started like talking about like, yeah, and like you know, like I mean, maybe I haven't made ghosts, but like the archetypal like boo enemy from Super Mario Brothers is like a really cool like piece of AI because it works with a lot of other things in the level <laughs> to create like really interesting experiences. And they're just like, no, did you make ghosts? <laughs> yeah. When I, when I uh, did career day at Wendy's school, it was, uh, did you make Fortnite? Did you make Minecraft? Did you make Roblox? Man. At least 20 times. 
And I said yes. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Just got to let them believe. Yeah. And then I, you get the one kid that's like, so what do you prefer, Unity or Unreal? I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? I think you're in fourth grade. <laughs> that's that's a smart kid. Yeah, that kid's going places. That's the one I like. <laughs> and it's Unity. Yeah, I, I is the answer. I do have to mention <laughs> the one girl. Uh, one of the one of the few girls who asked me like, "Did you make Minecraft?" When I told her, oh, "No, sorry," she was like, "Good, I hate Minecraft." Whoa, <laughs> dang, <laughs> savage. <laughs> Good, because Notch is an asshole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're like six years old, but I'm proud of you. You're already learning. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I was hearing like when the Microsoft acquisition went through for Minecraft, kids like this one developer who had a kid like elementary school age, like dropped his kid off at school one day and he overheard other kids being like, so what does this mean for Minecraft? <laughs> I don't know, kid. And there's like one Will kid in the corner being like, Micro suck bought it. So Whoa. now it's going to get. It's going to be $80 because Bill Gates It's going to be a Steve Ballmer skin in Minecraft. Can you tell how many dollar signs I put in where there should be an S? <laughs> like, meanwhile, like turns to play like Cave Story on his old Nintendo <laughs> yeah. DS. Like Pulls his hat backwards. Yeah. Walks off. It's fingerless gloves. Because <laughs> every every cool uh, how'd you like, know I had fingerless gloves? Every cool punk still kid. wearing them. <laughs> it's just tatted. Yeah. Um, Brian, I saw you said that you were playing Vampire. Yes. Uh, how is it? It's fun. Yeah. Do you like it? Uh, yeah. It looks like it should be like more of a budget game, and it mm-hmm. kind of is. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of choices, and it's surprising how how well the game implements the decisions of those choices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the choices are not crystal clear. Like uh, Fable, I want to say three. You know, you had all these choices when playing that game, and it was like, do you want to pet a puppy, or you don't want to murder all the orphans? <laughs> and it was like, well, <laughs> gosh, game, that's a tough one. I'm gonna pet the puppy. <laughs> Which one makes me look cooler? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in, in this thing, it's like you'll, you'll have an array of choices, and they all are kind of right. They're kind of what you want to do, but right. you know, maybe one's more extreme than another. Uh, and they all have their own. And and sometimes you'll seem like, oh, this is not necessarily what I want to do, but obviously this will have the best outcome. And it won't anyway. Like they're all gonna kind of screw you no matter what you do, but just right. in different ways. So the writers are obviously handling morally morally gray areas better than World of Warcraft is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or or better than Bioware, yeah. for instance. That's another, that's another another one where it's like the, the, the kill cho- the little girl, right? Or or <laughs> save everyone on the planet. Oh, gee, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe a tough one. Uh, that's cool. Have you played any like Life is Strange or any other um, no. don't nod games? No, but I should. Yeah, I really. The, this side of the room likes Life is Strange, so listen to us. <laughs> gotcha. It could be this side. Whoa, could be. Going back to the soap this thing. <laughs> Cutting the soap <laughs> like this. Brian and Dylan like Life is Strange and hate part-time UFO. Well, uh, hey, that's... I, I have, I'm undecided. <laughs> Just <wait till> downloads. <laughs> yeah. Just, you'll, find, yeah, you'll find out soon enough. He's like playing it during during the cast. I'm like, okay, I got opinions now. Great <laughs> chime in. Yeah. That's cool Um, because Life is Strange is a much more smaller kind of budget game and i was excited to see what don't nod could do with more scope it was like 40 dollars, right it was uh, maybe 40 maybe 50 i forget but uh it was fun and then it definitely would reward uh replaying to try out different choices to see how it all shakes out 
Um, the combat is it's kind of crappy, but there's a lot of choices involved in that too. Like, how do you want to build your dude? Um, you can even build your dude to kind of avoid as much combat as possible, but I'm not sure how that intersects with you know the mandatory boss battles. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was combat in the game. I've yeah. only ever say, seen the story stuff. Yeah, well, the story stuff is the vast majority of it, and uh, it's easy to to escape all the incidental trivial combat, right? Like, you know, the, oh, there's just the mooks from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And there's way, there's powers you can use to kind of get away from that. Or you can, if you just run, they'll just give up on you. Like, ah, I'll kill the vampires later. And then they just walk away. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did some combat uh, build, and it's it's not great. Like, it's a little loosey-goosey. <laughs> right. You can tell it's like kind of like their, their first swing at, at, the, at the ball, as it were. But uh, you get used to it, you know. And what is it? It's just like, like punching dudes like yeah you okay, got a knife. So, yeah so you've got a main hand and off hand and your crazy blood powers right and so you've got uh there's two recess resource bars one is your stamina which doesn't make sense because you're undead so really you don't have any stamina at all but moving on <laughs> and, you, and just gloss over that just whatever, get, go whatever. on go on and you've got your your blood meter all right and so dodging takes up uh stamina so does attacking <coughs> so does coughing Oh no! Oh. Hey, well, now I gotta keep the coughing because that joke's not gonna play otherwise. <laughs> uh, and then you got your blood meter, which does all kinds of crazy stuff: your teleportation, your grabbing people telekinetically with their blood, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, and you can kind of there's ways to replenish both. Like if you just hold off on doing anything, the stamina recharges super quick, which is nice. It just also you use it super fast. Okay. So it's kind of easy to to be like you can't do anything because like oh no I gotta I gotta run but I can't. Uh, and the blood powers, it's a little harder to get blood back, but you there, there's multiple ways to do it. Like, it, it kind of trickles back. So you, you can get into this system, this cycle, where it's like you're using your stamina powers to get your blood back, to use your blood powers while your stamina charges. Okay. So it is kind of fun and, yeah. and rewarding to figure out which uh, cycle of that you want to engage in. And there's, again, there's multiple ways to, to get that going. But just the... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It just seemed like, uh, especially with the werewolf enemies... It's like, okay, this guy is about six miles away from me, but he sneezed and hit me way over here and did like half my life. And now I've got to spend an hour, you know, figuring out how to really heal myself and get the blood back and get the stamina back. Blah, blah, blah. So it, it was a good first attempt at combat. That's interesting that it feels that way because they have done, like they did Remember Me, which is like all third person martial combat kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, was that them? Yeah. And that came out six or seven years ago. It was yeah. a while. I yeah. remember wanting to play it in high school. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting that their combat still feels like... A little, yeah, loosey-goosey. Yeah. yeah. That's, hmm. Hmm. Maybe she just sticks to story stuff. Uh, I'm going to take this pause to point out, I think you guys were about to start talking about No Man's Sky, and then we, we got were. on like 17 I real- tangents. I realized that too. I was like, well, was, Will and I like teed something up, and I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> Um. Yes, No Man's Sky next. Yeah, is the next No Man's Sky update. Exactly. I got. I got a joke. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Ready. Hey, did you hear they finally made a game out of No Man's Sky? Yeah. That's the joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your original joke when you said. I have a really good joke for this. Uh, okay. It's not that good. <laughs> I never I never said it was any good. <laughs> Point of order. <laughs> In fact, you said it was not good. <laughs> Objection. The joke being it's not that good is a double entendre for the joke and the game. Oh. Oh. Wow. Is the real 
That is the real the winner here. Did uh, so the not thing is that I, I never hated No Man's Sky. Yeah, like, I, I haven't. I, I still to this day haven't bought it, but like it looks like a fun, chill experience, and now there's more to it. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yes. So No Man's Sky next. Uh, their new big uh patch to it. So this is two years out from when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so last year they did the Atlas Rising stuff. Like it was a bunch yeah, of story, story based stuff. stuff, and and I think the. The base building isn't new, right? Like, didn't no. the, wasn't the base building in some form? Yeah, I think they've had three updates before this. Okay. Yeah, I, I seem to recall that there was base building. I think now the big thing is that you can go to other people's bases and they can go yes. to yours. So there's like actual multiplayer in it, right. meaning like yeah. there's four person parties. So you can squat up with someone and actually play, quote unquote, with them, which just means you're both playing your own discrete missions, but flying around together and everything. Mm. Like, like quests aren't shared, right? Right, so that's kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, you can also, like, I think you can just sort of be in someone else's world. Like, I've ex- I've seen... Ghosts. Two or three other people playing. And, like, for a while, I thought... I, I, I was just like, when, when I first saw somebody, I was like, oh, it's a person. It must be an NPC. And I talked to them. And they weren't talking... And then I did like a little wave emote thing and they waved back. But they look like a regular like, yeah. and avatar. Like, oh shit, this is like a player. Oh. Must be somebody on my Steam friends list because like I don't, people just are like friends and I'm like, yes, please. Uh, but for a while I thought it was Sam because <laughs> he like, I just like walked up to him, waved and then like shot out into space to like avoid him basically. Right. And then uh, I kept seeing like they they would keep getting in these like crazy battles with all these sentinels, uh, which are No Man's Sky version of like really obnoxious cops that don't leave you alone. Yeah, they're robot cops that literally have like the GTA yeah I star system. Like yeah. there's there's some things about No Man's Sky that I really love and some I really hate. And, Sentinels when you're just trying to get some carbon, yeah. just it, chilling. It doesn't and make just any like, sense. What's going on over here? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, like, well, hmm. just leave. They got their giant eye, and they're like, hmm, yeah, that's carbon. Hmm, you're mining that carbon. And you're I had a rest. I had like a bug where one of them just wouldn't leave me alone. Oh, great! And I was like, what's your deal, man? And so like I shot it, and then I got in more trouble and more. What you expect? Came. Well, you so, can't shoot at robot cops. <laughs> There's a whole movie about that. Called <laughs> <laughs> <All> Police Academy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was really obnoxious. But so, like, this dude was getting in these fights, and eventually he goes, Woo, lad, that was a tough fight. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Sam, because Sam's the only person I know that says, woo, lad. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, out I, yourself. Like, I spent like five minutes trying to figure out how to type. I mean, how to bring up the console to send a message. Is this the Steam overlay chat? Or is no, this no, in-game? it was like in-game. Oh, okay. Uh, and so like I eventually figured it out, and I was like, LOL, is this Sam? And then the dude left. And I checked my friend's list and he wasn't on it. So Whoa. There's some <gasps> weird overlapping some universe kind of stuff. Ghost story, maybe. Yeah. That's a cool story. Did you make ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you asked that because I was just thinking about different... A- but like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I don't know. So you, did you play No Man's Sky before? Yeah, I played it. I bought it like opening week mm-hmm. because I was kind of interested in it. 
and it seemed like it had a he had a style, right? It had an aesthetic right, right. that I was like really into. Yeah, yeah. Like the like I forgot what Sean Murray said, but he said he was like really inspired by like like poppy, like old pulp old old pulp fiction, science fiction covers. Right. But I forget yeah. who the illustrator was yeah, he specifically yeah. named, but like that style, like a lot of purples and greens. And it was yeah, a little bit of Mobius. Yeah. Just a little, a, bit, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um and I was like, yeah, it's like this game feels like I need to check this out. And so I bought it and so I gave Sean Murray my $60. Um, but that's why you've got that tattoo sucker <laughs> on your forehead. Yeah. I, that was, I didn't yeah. want to be rude and bring it up. It was a, it was a <laughs> uh, pre-order bonus. <laughs> well, I got to do it. Yeah. I thought it was temporary and then <laughs> one thing led to another. <laughs> I played, I played No Man's Sky too much one night. I got really depressed. <laughs> but, um, I played like six, six to ten hours of it, and I was like, yeah, this is fun. I am done. Um, I was not on the... I did not have much... I did not enjoy the Sean Murray hate bandwagon. That scene, yeah. it was blown yeah, out of proportion. That, yeah. It's like, okay, they didn't sell... Like, they oversold the game because they were super in love with what they were making. Yeah. And I, and also, I, like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, because I... I paid attention to like when they were doing the trailers and the videos and all this and I was like, well this looks like a fun little explorer game. Right. What were these people expecting? Like, I don't know. Lo- Perfect game. Because it looked to me like what Everything. came out was more or less exactly what was advertised, but I yeah. don't know. Yeah. They just, there were a few like minor points that sort of they sort of fell back on because of just like regular development stuff. But sure. like yeah, people were literally just being like this is going to be the perfect game. Well, the thing that shot them in the foot is that they were super dodgy during development with questions. It's like, is and this game going to have multiplayer? Maybe. I remember right. very specifically he said yes in one Yeah, I mean, interview. he was yeah. like very yeah. just well, he had to candid walk that about back, everything. But he never like right. walked it back all the way. Right. Um, and because the game is so striking, you know, Sony built it up. Like, yeah. Look at this game! Look at this game! Look at this game! Yeah. Right, and um, then threw them under the bus afterwards, oh, which was a whole nother that thing. Shu, that Shuhei Yoshida thing pisses me off all the time. And he's like, "I don't know what they did wrong." I'm like motherfucker, <laughs> they're like third person developer, like head of that like arm of of Sony. Like that's your job. If 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 the developers like you know promising the moon and back, it's your job to rein them in. Not being like, well, it's going to sell a lot of copies and we get our cut, so... Yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, misking off my nose. But, I mean, I feel like it's... With this new update, they've kind of... They've won back a lot of that good faith. Yeah. And they've been able to ride that runway because it's, from what I understand, it sold pretty well. Um, And so they've been able to live off, you know, that money for two extra years of development and i've noticed um on steam like it never goes on sale it's been 60 dollars. like it's been on sale yeah. a couple times but like so it's a rockstar strategy not much yeah yeah so because i always kept thinking like oh you know when when inevitably it goes down to like 10 or 20 oh, i'll pick it up just to have it and but never never right. it's yeah. always full price full price full price that's interesting oh, you guys that. you guys are really sticking all right yeah. <laughs> but then again with them doing all these free updates yes and they're not like small uh, I, I guess I can see the logic behind that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is like exactly the kind of games as a service kind of thing. You know, you keep supporting the game, we'll 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 keep supporting the game on our end. Um, there's something else I was gonna say about that. The so so the update itself, the big thing that added, like we said, multiplayer. 
um, and they kind of like redid like a bunch of the tutorial stuff. And so it's supposed to be like more streamlined or whatever. And it is, I guess. And the, but the things, the flaws that were originally in no man's sky are still there. Like quest log, super unintuitive, super vague, you know? So you just, you spot, you start a brand new game and it's like, okay, like you're on this crash planet, go make this thing. Okay. How do I make the thing? Question mark. Go make the thing. Like you have to dig through like your your UI, your inventory UI, and all this stuff. Like that stuff is still super clunky. Like Sam, Tyler, and I were trying to trade resources because because mm-hmm. we were all on the same like starter quest, but like Tyler was like three steps ahead, and then Sam was two steps ahead. And so Tyler was at the point where he was like, "All right, build a refinery to refine this like ferrite." Right. Yeah. And he's like, all right, plop, like put it between our three ships that spawned that are that we need to repair. It's like, all right, I made this refinery. I'm like, I don't know what that means because I'm not at that part of the quest yet. And so he's like, I need ferrite. And I was like, why do I have spare ferrite? It's like, all right, give me some. I can't. I either have to give you all of it or none of it. Like, there's no like, I can't like split a stack in half and put it into different like squares in my you can though inventory. You can, yeah, but it's not intuitive. Like how do you do it? It's it's on the screen. I think it's like one of the D-pad buttons. Can you put only Okay, cuz like then you can put only that half of the stack into the refiner. Right. So you only refine what you need to and you don't accidentally refine right all of your ferrite. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question? What are you guys playing this on? Uh PC. PC. Oh, darn. Okay. Do you have it on PS4? I actually I don't have it at all. Um, my initial playthrough of it was an illicitly garnered GOG copy. Whoa. Holy oh. shit. That but crimes. that was just to... I played it for like two hours. <laughs> hello, hello, cops? Space I played, cops? I played it for two hours to essentially find out my PC can't run it. Oh. So it was... You might be able to run it now. I mean, I don't know. Because you have a better video card than I do, and mine's been running it pretty smoothly. You gave me the 750 Ti. What do you have? Uh, something way worse. I have a really? 970, and it was. So when this game first starts up, too, there's like a solid ten minutes oh, of yeah, it yeah. loading shaders. Yeah, like it's just a star field that you're just zooming through, and it's like loading shaders, loading shaders, loading shaders, and then the frame rate drops, <laughs> and then it comes back up. I also have a really crappy processor, and everything in that machine is super old. Oh, yeah. So I think that's a factor. Like Overwatch is starting to slow down for me too now, and it's a pretty dang optimized game. So. There's when Alex loses his Overwatch, <laughs> he gets cranky. You would like to see me when I lose my Overwatch. <laughs> you know those mugs are just like, "Don't talk to me until I've had my coffee." <laughs> but it says Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just a sharpie? Is it just a one of those <laughs> yeah, coffee just mugs? crossed out with a with a big red marker? And <laughs> Alex owns the only copy of that mug in existence. <laughs> one of a kind. Yeah, it was real rare. I've kind of found that the new No Man's Sky stuff is like more grindy. Uh, I don't. Well, it's a game now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. Uh, modern uh, games. Man. Um, I uh, like for instance, I feel like it was the same. I don't know. So okay, you're on your ship. You land on a planet, and then you try and take off again because the planet sucks, and your ship's just like, no. Uh oh, you're out of landing juice or launch powder or whatever it is <laughs> their boat and you're just yeah. like okay uh it's just in, levitating in midair in the it's original like, version you would just walk around and there were these red crystals just 
everywhere. It was plutonium or something. Yeah, yeah. And you just farm some of those, throw it in there, dump it in your Mister Fusion. This is so inaccurate, scientifically speaking. (laughs) I've seen the Martian, please. (laughs) But now you like it's like oh, you need the landing fuel pod thing, and so what you're gonna have to do is you need to go get some diurethane immaculate. No, you get the dihydrogen, and then you turn the dihydrogen into dihydrogen jelly. Yeah. And then you make like a fuel capsule, and then you make some metal plating. This sounds like I don't want to play No Man's Sky. (laughs) Yeah. Do you like Minecraft? No. Oh. And so like, (laughs) this is like, it it seems way more, not only grindy, but you're definitely like interacting with like the crafting like 10 times more than I remember ever doing. And this is just basically for the style of play I'm doing where it's just like, what's the next system look like? I want to go to the next planet. Right. Uh, so like I've built some bases, but they were just like these shacks that were there to keep me yeah. safe. I made a box. Yeah. And yeah. I got inside the box until like the toxic radiation storm subsided yep. and I jumped back out and I was like, well, like, time to farm for more stuff. Let's, let's find a planet that's not this. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so but even still, like that stuff doesn't hugely bug me. Uh, I'm still having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, the la- the lack of intuitive like UI is the thing that yeah. kind of grates me the most because there's just shit you can just like the first space station you go to, you can straight up like do the character customization like the cosmetic stuff, mm-hmm. but they never tell you that. Yeah, it's just there. You know but what I got really pissed off you. at is like after warping through like eight systems, I realized that. In every uh, space station, there's like a suit upgrade. Really? Like they have like so for, they have for, like, for inventory, right? Expand your yeah, inventory. Yeah. And so I just had to go through back to all the ones. Ah, oh. <laughs> rebuy them. Yep. Oh, is there? Any- but you haven't. You hated Legend of Zelda. You hated Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this you're sticking with. Well, I think this has a better aesthetic. Okay, fair enough. Um, or I think Zelda nails Zelda's aesthetic better, but this has a more interesting aesthetic. Sure, because it's more unique; hasn't really been done. Yeah, you say something else. Uh, I was going to ask if you can customize your ship. Yes, or there are new, there are different ships you can buy. Yeah, you can't really customize the look of it aside from just buying ships. Oh, here's a hot tip that I just found out. Right. All right. Time okay. for Will's Will's uh, No Man's Sky hot tips. This is gonna change the way you play. Uh, there's freighters, right? Have you gotten your freighter? No, but that was what I was going to tell Alex. So, like, they have freighters, which is just a big, like, capital ship yeah. that you unlock, like, relatively early in the game, right? Yeah. Like, hmm, five, ten it's hours in. It's just a in. scripted thing where yeah. you fight some pirates. And okay. you, it's then, like, your basically command center uh, with, it's it's like that, it does Assassin's Creed Brotherhood mission types where you send it on to do shit and it brings back resources and whatever. Okay. Oh, like the Monster Hunter Palico rallies and... I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> That's not a real game. Just I'm, like that. I never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Here's what you do, right? Okay. You get your freighter. That's step one. It's right. a very important Writing step. Writing this down. Uh, the next uh-huh, thing you uh-huh, do uh-huh. is just you go around to all the shitty ships that are broken that you're like, why would I want this ship? It's so fucked up. Like, not only do you have to do shit to fix it, but it also comes like half of its inventory slots are filled with like shit you also have to impa- repair oh to get Lord. that inventory slot. Great. So it's basically like bullshit useless. But you can just walk up to it and be like, yeah, this is mine now. 
and then just getting your other ship fly off. You what you do is you find a few of those. You just say, "Yeah, that's mine now," and then you go to your freighter. And then I think like the next time you jump or reload or do anything, all those ships will be on your freighter in the bay. Yeah, hmm. and so that's really cool because you don't have to like do any of the like oh, I'm gonna get craft all this shit to fix the warp jumpers. You're just like these are mine now, and then you leave the the sky uppers. But what's really cool is now what you do is you find like your favorite the the best one of those like with the most slots. You just get in it and it's like this is broken and you're like okay leave, and that's your your uh, current like ship your default yeah. Then you just wait for somebody to fly into your ship with a super swanky spaceship and you're like hey you want to trade ships? <laughs> they're like oh yeah sure. <laughs> they never say no. No, they never look over at the ship that's like has one of the wings falling apart. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's, no, yeah yeah. So yeah, that's, okay. that's been like. There's a lot of really funny ways that you can kind of like really juke this game and cut, like, cut so to the alien like driving the ship into its yeah. like driveway at home. <laughs> yeah. It's like, honey, look at this great ship I just got today. <laughs> I got it for steel. Oh I my god! I because I, I, I was reading on there's a like a, a PC gamer article about someone on the No Man's Sky subreddit offering like 12 billion credits for the exact ship they had before the update like wiped their save file and so i was like wait so you can't just like make it your dream ship you have to find it yeah so that's, that's a little kinda, weird that's kind of shitty yeah uh, or you trade for it yeah i think they're i think they're basically and like i did like when i figured figured that out i was like ooh, and i went and got like a ship with lots of slots and i just like camped out in my little freighter for a while just being like Watching people come in and be like, nope. <laughs> Somebody came in with like a super swanky purple one that was big and had these cool side things. I was like, oh, let's see what's up with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and measuring tape out, just measuring the, yeah. the front of it, <laughs> wingspan. But like it was so, basically so. like a $10 million ship that I got for like three. Three hundred thousand like or it's something. It's like the guy that started with that paper clip and then yeah. just traded up to the house. It's pretty much. Like Will's doing that, but with No Man's Sky ships. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do in the game. I haven't gotten very far into my save. Like, I build my li- built my little base, and then I went off planet, and then I went to the next planet where the down freighter is. Uh, and, like, that's as far as I've gotten. I can't remember. My ship is called something like the the removal of frost or something weird like that. <laughs> and so I'm trying to, like, basically, like, Jimmy Buffett this situation and be like, I'm gonna find a nice tropical paradise planet. <laughs> I'm gonna land the, my like death of frost ship on there and just be like, this is my vacation planet. Nice. That's cool. That's my current goal. But you gonna keep playing it? Yeah. I really like games like this because you can kind of like make your own fun out of it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can make it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. It's just Minecraft eventually just turns into a job. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotta. They gotta, all they all do this eventually. Is very yeah. much like a job, yeah. but. Got to clear out the basement. There's bats over in the attic, and I got to take care of that. And crops coming in. So, so if I can segue here for one second, okay. I thought it interesting when I brought up the morally gray writing that World of Warcraft is not achieving. Did you or you you play World of Warcraft? Are you on top of this? Not currently. Not currently. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I'm not currently playing it. Right. But I've been watching some of the expansion stuff. And the but the whole like everyone's really up in arms and the community's kind of upset yeah about the about horde it. players yeah 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 okay yeah the what 
The- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so World of Warcraft. Okay. Brian, you familiar? <laughs> I've heard of it. Is this yeah. a whole world? Yeah, it's like it's a whole it's multiple worlds if you oh, can yeah. if you can believe that. Can it's like me. oftentimes it more than a hundred Warcraft. Oh, there's spaceships. It? Yeah, that you can go on spaceships. World of Warcraft. Wow. There's a sword stabbed in a planet now. You can go back in time. Mm, I think you're making this up. <laughs> when, this, they did, this, when they did the alternate timelines thing, I was like, all right. This sounds a little too close to like No Man's Sky. When you go back in like time where like all the models like 32 polygons. Yeah. It's just Chris, am- Mess- Chris Messon like just painting on a wall. Just like, hey, welcome. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'd actually play the hell out of that. This is my uh, Warhammer OC. His name's <laughs> Thrall. He's really cool. That would get me to, to buy World of Warcraft. If I got to like go back in time and just see like a low poly Chris Metzen drawing on everything and just being like, "Hi, what's up?" That's an oddly specific request that you want. I, I got the money. I just think it's cute. I, games that feature the creators in them, like doing stuff, is just like that's adorable. Oh, I there's every reference in War- World of Warcraft at this point. I, I know, but I mean, like a literal Chris Metzen 3D modeled and like animated to Pure be steer. like, like, like. Yeah, yeah, and like like placing boxes around, like oh, this should go here. It would look great, and like next to this, it's just ca- the Warcraft tavern. three um, peon dude. Yeah, uh, so world World of Warcraft has like the normal people, and then the orc people, and then the bad guys. Yeah, but, yeah, which they always had to like carefully tread because no one wants to play the bad guys, and if you got to have uh, players, I think on some people want to play the do. bad guys. Yeah. Okay. But like I didn't want to play the bad guys. Has there ever been a a literal multiplayer shooter that takes place during World War II? No, lost a thread. Um, Ghosts. (laughs) I'm just saying that a lot of people play Nazis in video games. Oh, okay. All right, I'm I'm back up to speed. (laughs) I feel like the the narrative in that though will always be like you versus other players, and not you as a Nazi versus the world with your idealism. Just one Nazi taking on the world. That's how they got you. There's a lot more than one right now. (laughs) I I mean, man, and now that you say it, I played a Nazi in Battlefield 1942, and I have felt a little anti-Semitic every now and then. I think that's that's where... (laughs) It's how it gets rubbed off. (laughs) I had this joke. Mm. Oh, let's cut it. Okay, Mm. moving on. Um, Mm. But yes, the, the Lion's Horde thing is real weird especially and, as someone who has been a historical horde player uh but i feel like that that new cinematic that i put out uh, with sour fang it uh, did a good job of rectifying that i put out that i made that yeah that you you did <laughs> yes. the whole thing yeah uh yeah that seemed to do a, a good job of rectifying it i had a i have a buddy who's following this really closely and he said like you know this does feel a little better now but but when the sylvanas thing happens right that I mean, they, they've been dealing with that stuff forever. Like when they introduced like Grom's son and he became like the final raid boss of one of the expansions. Like they've been dealing with that stuff. Like the raid is literally called Siege of Ogremar, and you're literally like going inside Ogremar and just killing dudes. Um, well, I was wondering what your opinion was because I've been asking more well, I think, World of I, Warcraft players. I think ones who are bigger World of Warcraft players than I. I would have liked to have seen them make the alliance, the bad guys, like yeah. have one of because I mean they're doing that kind of with Jaina Proudmore, like she's kind yeah. of gone unhinged. But I would have liked to see like, all right, now Jaina is like the main antagonist and the main bad of this of this expansion because hey, all people are shitty, uh, not just orcs, right? But I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll jump back in eventually. Speaking of like orcs and elves and stuff, though, so I've been playing God of War. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I missed. I missed this. 
I missed this connection. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess there's more dwarves and, and witches and stuff. There are elves. There are elves. I killed some elves. Yeah. That happened. Kill a lot of elves. There's a lot of elf murder. You go to n- 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 and that second niffle, world. Niffledom. Niffleheim. Niffleheim. Yeah. Niffleheim. So how far have you did you get before I, I you finished Niffle, n- Niffleheim. Nipplehelm. Oh, that was it. Yeah. You stopped there. Okay. Yes. So I was I'm, like, that dude, that was a slog. I'm pretty far ahead of you then. Really? Uh, There's a pickup. I mean, so far, I'm still enjoying it. Okay. Are you still um, dropping oranges into a truck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yes. Uh, yeah, Kratos definitely. That was a weird mini game. Um, weird. Come boy. It got all. Let's pick- get the citrus out of the wagon. <laughs> Uh, I am enjoying the ways that Kratos and Boy have have grown as characters and as people. I am enjoying uh, a new hit CW show, Kratos and Boy. <laughs> Kratos and Boy. <laughs> I am enjoying uh, how the characters. I think that's what really has made this pretty fun. I'm starting to feel like my prowess in the combat and my ability to enjoy getting better at the combo at combat is starting to peak. Um, and uh, really, what's keeping me going is I'm really enjoying the story. Okay, I like the good. writing. I like the characters. I like their interactions. I just, uh, like, right before I left here uh, to come record this, I just finished a side quest and then went. Uh, so this is pretty far ahead. I don't know if I want, if you want me to spoil it. I don't want any, you. like, mainline spoilers, but if it's, like, one of the side quests, like the dwarves assign or whatever, like, whatever. Because I got some of their side quests and it didn't really. <sighs> Seem that big of a deal. Okay, so I probably can't talk about we'll, we'll too talk much more of this when you finish it and I get it back. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, but it's good to hear that it like you're sticking with it because man, Niflheim really put like a damper in my expectations for that. I was like, man, this combat's just like repetitive and sluggish. It might be the same way you feel about the the. I feel uh, like the vampire combat, Brian. But I, I think I, I've discovered some of the nuances to it that's making it more fun. Like as I unlocked things are just like perfect block attacks and um stance changes. That's making it more interesting. And I kind of feel like that maybe should have been more in there in the beginning. Yeah. The loot driven stuff where you get like unique abilities from whatever acts or whatever you get is interesting. It's just not you know, you don't know oh, like oh, your armor runes, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your special moves, like your special combo attacks that you can get. Right. Seem interesting. It's just like it's not surfaced very well, and I don't really like playing. Like, if the no matter how fun those combos might be, like if the base, like actual like axe swing and stuff, isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just kind of want to get through stuff. So, like, my strategy has always been like, all right, throw the axe, hitting someone's head. Well, if you do like a strong axe throw, it like freezes them and then I rip it out of their head or I summon it back mm-hmm. and then like I'll put the axe away and I'll do some fisticuffs and then I'll build up my Spartan Rage, activate Spartan Rage, just start tearing people apart. It just got repetitive. I hardly ever use Spartan Rage, but I should do it more often. I think um, what is the one thing that I, I, I find the upgrades are a bit strange and that some of them seem very situational and mm-hmm. others seem like definitely more bread and butter and yes. you like you want these as soon as possible things like uh i got the axe multi-targeting early on because i was like oh that sounds neat um particularly useful against nightmares never useful anywhere else um how about ghosts about ghosts <laughs> it's a good game ghosts yeah. yeah uh i found some ghosts so far i hope oh. there is a side quest you can like pilot the canoe around the lake and there's right. areas that have ghosts and they're like help me and 
but they're all friendly. You don't fight them. That first lake encounter is pretty cool. It is. With the world serpent. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. So I actually, what I just finished up was a bit where you talk to him a bit, you talk to him more. Okay. And you actually like have a conversation with him. Cool. Yeah. Does world he, serpent's a good guy. Does he, does he talk or is he just like, oh, no. he still got his, his still, his language is still what sounds like a it, giant serpent would sound like. <laughs> do you, does Kratos not understand him, but the boy does? Uh, that's a spoiler. Yeah. Boy's dead. Boy dies. Boy dies. Oh, shit. Super early. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're like right on the cut. No. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool thing they played on. It's like, you know, the, the the Kratos doesn't know Norse runes. And so he's just like, hey. Kid, read this for yeah. me. Yeah. Because um, the old man can't read too well. Uh, I find it. Um, gosh. Oh, I, I think. Yeah, you, you probably experienced this part. I definitely called the fact that the kid was like hearing voices in his head. Yes. And like that's how I understood things. Yes. Um I'm sure that that becomes more of a thing. Right. Uh yeah, that that picks up a little bit more. Do they explain the thing when you enter that light column at the end of Niflheim and you come out and the thing happens and there's like and like exp- all the time passed? Yeah, do they explain that? They don't get into it. Okay. Uh, it's played up as just like it was magic, you know. Time dilation, time dilation. Yeah, weirdness happened. Um, I mean, towards the end of the level, Kratos like explains to the sun, and that's like a moment of bonding between them. You mm-hmm. know, I think you probably saw that if yeah. you finished the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I always love like they always do like the 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 close pan in, and then Kratos is like, "I'm going to touch my boy's shoulder." No, I'm not. Yeah. No, I still have to be a strong, resolute unfeeling spartan man he hasn't done that yet yeah yeah uh it's um gosh i actually i do have to mention i am in love with this game's dedication to be one single camera shot oh god yeah like it's the, yeah like there's no cutting every cutscene happens like just from your camera panning around and then like as the cutscene ends very like gradually goes with back to just fight, being third person the fight with the stranger makes that really cool yeah um but yeah, I, I feel like I appreciate it more knowing that ahead of time than if I like was told after the fact. It's like, oh, do you know it was all one camera shot? And I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. But like reading it and registering it as it's happening. And it's like, you know how camera or film buffs like get really excited with like the fight scene Daredevil season one. Where mm-hmm. It's like all one take. Yeah. And he's fighting through the, the, the rooms in the hallway. I'm always like, if you like that, I mean, have you heard of the raid? The ra- I have heard of the raid. But what is the raid? It's a Korean martial arts film. Okay. About a group of essentially a Korean SWAT team, uh, with one of them being a really good martial artist, raiding an entire apartment building of uh, like drug dealers, essentially. And okay. so, but essentially, the one that knows martial arts is like the only one left after the first half hour. They all get killed one way or another. So he has to like fight his way from the top of the building down to the bottom, and it's full of like single camera shot takes of him just like fighting people in hallways. That's pretty cool. It's pretty badass. Mm. Um, I've yeah. heard people talk about it and I never do. I always get if that you, movie mixed up with The Siege, which is that Denzel mm. Washington like cop movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, if you, I've never seen this movie. I don't remember like what the big hubbub is about. If you saw the most recent Dread movie. Uh, That's what I immediately thought of when you they, talked about They the, talked a lot about The Raid being their biggest inspiration. Yeah. Which that's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and They're working on a sequel, aren't they? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, Dread 2 is happening. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, supposedly. Oh, nice. Is Rob Schneider going to come back? I know like Netflix wanted to do something with it. That sounds right. Yeah. 
Man, that movie was badass. Um, yeah, those are those are most of my thoughts that I can get into now. Okay. Well, I'm God excited to have a more in-depth conversation about it once right. we both played it. Once I finish it, which I have realized given like, oh my God, there's so many collectibles and side quests. I should not try and 100% this if I want to get it back to you in a reasonable amount of time. Just kill all the all the Odin Ravens. No big deal. God damn. I, I hate the fact that like it's uh, like the the top like finish this out is like seventy five and I'm maybe twenty hours in and I found four. Oh, and I'm like, uh, that's not happening. <laughs> it's like the flying rats in GTA Four. Yeah. yeah, it's like we're gonna put it like inside like this like collision box. So you have to like tilt the camera up to see it. It's like upside down. Like, gotcha. Yeah. What the fuck? We're real fans. Yeah. Uh, Brian, been playing anything else? I just started playing Just Cause 3. Just Cause 3. I don't call it Just Cause. It's Just Cause. You just do it Just Cause. Uh, that's a fun game. Just wild kinetic craziness. I like I like these, these action-y games where they remember, oh, right, we're a video game. <laughs> we yeah. can just have fun here. Right. Yeah. Uh, Saints Row series is another one that, that gets it in that same way. Uh, and there's a few others, but um, yeah. I accidentally unlocked a, a jetpack. Because there's DLC, and I got all the DLC. It was another thing. It was, it was like six bucks, and I got the whole right. Ultimate Super Edition. So that's why I bought it. It's like, yeah, if it's $6, if I hate it, who cares? Much like a UFO game that's even cheaper. <laughs> but oh. moving on. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so apparently in one of the DLCs that I, I guess you know, you're supposed to play like after you've completed the game, but since I've already got them all, I accidentally triggered the, the mission, where, and it just starts up, here you go, Rico, here's your jetpack. I'm like, all right, I got a jetpack. I have barely played the game, the main game at all. <laughs> so I'm like on mission three and I got a jetpack. There's flying these, around. Right. There's all these missions where it's like, oh, take the helicopter and do this. And, and, and like, you can tell, well, this would be really hard. But jetpack. <laughs> or, oh, you got you to sit on the roof of this car to keep up and, and be an escort. I'm like, yeah, or I could jetpack. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if, if four doesn't just start you with that jetpack or you don't get it within the first hour, they can just go to hell. Well, let me say, because <laughs> this thing has changed my life. It's revelation. It is. <laughs> the jetpack revelation. Uh, I like that. Um, well, they might not have a jetpack, but what if, and just stick with me now. All right. How about, I already don't like it, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> what about tornado? Oh. What about riding a tornado? Yeah, what if you could ride a tornado? Okay, that's up there. If I could jetpack out of the tornado. Hmm. <laughs> Hold on to the stump position on the tornado yeah. and then rock it off of it. Uh, yeah, when they... <laughs> I love how, like, that's their big innovation. Like, Avalanche is, is like... All right. We- weather. It's- tornado! <laughs> it's just, you know, you know, foreground, you know, Rico background just staring at a tornado. It's like, okay, yeah, all right, fine, yeah, all right, yes, no, yes. Um... It's a really good My Name is Earl episode with tornadoes. Just throwing that out there? Yeah, just you feel it. I feel like that is the My Name is Earl episode that gets brought up a lot. Like, it's in the same vein as as the paintball episodes of Community. You know? Like, like the tornado episode of... I, I hear that one a lot. It's really good. I haven't yeah. seen either of these shows, so... Okay. Kinda. I know you're a big My Name is Earl fan. You can... You could, you could probably... Is Community on Netflix? Community or is Hulu not. Or something? Uh, it might so. be on Hulu, but I remember Maybe. there being a big thing where it wasn't on Netflix, which is upsetting because it's pretty good. So you know who trying to make new episodes? Like they were trying to do their own oh, streaming really? thing a while Ooh. ago. Yahoo still exists. Now it's Oath. Welcome to Oath, a Verizon subsidiary. What? What? Didn't sound right at all. Yeah. I okay. Like Verizon bought 
whatever scraps of meat were still on the Yahoo carcass and reassembled them into like a little plush of, of, of flesh and it's oath. I mean, really, Yahoo's entire legacy is a single gag scene from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for knowing what that is. <laughs> the billboard sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the- <laughs> stupid. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad you brought that up. I, it sticks in my head sometimes. It's like, remember when Yahoo paid like probably a million dollars to have a, like three seconds in Inspector Gadget? <laughs> remember when they made an Inspector Gadget movie and thought like, hey, this was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Making the movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they said, let's make a sequel, but Matthew Broderick isn't coming back. So instead, let's recast. Who's the guy? I don't even know the dude's name. He's like in a bunch of low budget stuff. He's in Home Alone 4. Whoa. Uh, Mark of quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a third one. Third one's okay. Is like the, all I remember from the third one is they no. used Chumbawamba for the trailer. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking die hard. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Tub thumping. They, they would yeah. fall over. <laughs> <laughs> but they would get up again. And then you would never ne- knock them down. But you would, though. Like, but the then they'd movie. get knocked down. What is the goddamn. What's the guy's name? Once, once I see it, Home Alone. I'm excited because I really just did French like... Stewart. French Stewart, yes. That's it. He was the weird squinty guy in uh, Third Plant, Third Rock from the Sun. Right. right. Ah. French Stewart. <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> Those were his only lines. Yeah. Uh, weird character. <laughs> he, he was Inspector Gadget in Inspector Gadget 2. Because... Was he squinty in that as well? <laughs> sure. All right. I'm now remembering that I think it was Mike Myers played him on SNL Celebrity Jeopardy, <laughs> <laughs> but just like was doing this the whole time. Like I'm French Stewart. <laughs> Steve Carell played Ray Romano once in oh, SNL. Man. <laughs> he just like spiked his hair up a little bit. <laughs> 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 just came out. It was muttering. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but French Stewart is in Home Alone four, and he's he's is he Kevin? No, he's. <laughs> 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 all, I'm all grown up. <laughs> no, he's, he's Marv. He's the tall oh. gangly thief. Wow. Okay. It's like, wait, is he Marv? They yes. Didn't, they didn't no, just, he, yeah. So they didn't bother to invent new thieves. They thought it was more realistic. Okay. No, but the well, thing is, they invent new thieves for Home Alone 3. And then and 4 the, was like back to its yeah, roots. It's like, we need Marv back. And then the guy <laughs> played Marv's probably like, no, I'm past that. And Joe Pesci was probably like, I'm 100 years old. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, Who played Joe Pesci? No one. No, oh. so Marv had... Is it a, a Marv wait, origin story? Wait, wait, wait. I find your weird wait. like trivia knowledge <laughs> yeah. of this... We need to get to the Home Alone of, spinoff. How do the, you know anything about this movie, much less as much as you do? You know how like sometimes you think to yourself, was that thing real? Was Home Alone for real? Or was it just a fugue state? <laughs> and then you, you go on Google and you... Turns out, no, Home Alone 4 was actually a real thing that happened with real people involved. And then you like you need to know the entire story. It's like how you need to know how like Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were like shit-faced on the set of Super Mario Brothers the movie. You need well, that's the n- secret to why it's so good. You, you need to know <laughs> that's very true. why you need to know why this Home Alone 4 thing exists. So Home Alone 4 uh is supposed to be it's not Macaulay Culkin, but it's supposed to be Kevin McAllister impossible kevin McAllister, <laughs> his parents got a divorce wow this got dark <laughs> he goes to his dad's new house like he got his dad got remarried so he's spending christmas with his dad and his stepmom 
or his new girlfriend or whatever. And then Marv, at the same time, I think the screenwriter was just like... Starts dating his mom. The, the <laughs> Marv has gotten married to like a thief wife. <laughs> the only kind of wife a thief can have. It's, it's technically known as a thwife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Brian. Excuse me, a thwife. And... They say, let's celebrate Christmas, honey, by robbing Kevin McAllister's house again. So they break into... And his wife wasn't just like, I feel like you have like a really unhealthy obsession with this young boy. <laughs> and now Ooh. we're the horny bandits. Oh, this, young boy, this ageless boy. <laughs> this, is, this is getting this out of hand. perfect ageless boy. Now that you bring that up, I want to see if there like, are anachronisms in it or if like they tried to keep like a 90s aesthetic... No, I'm sure it's 2004 or whatever, yeah. wherever they yeah. made the movie, and, and it's just never addressed that Kevin is still 12. Guy's got a palm trio, whatever. People are oh driving God. around the new bugs. <laughs> but not the new, new bugs. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. those ones look good. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. <laughs> look better than the old new bugs. Yeah, oh. but not as good as the old, old bugs. Well, sure. But like the old new bugs didn't even have like a floorboard. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I'm where I'm off. Where I didn't read the show wow. notes. How much Home Alone oh. Four do we have <laughs> slated? There was th- there were three pages. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan had this prepared of Home Alone uh, trivia. Uh but I think we're running short on Alex's time. Is that is that yeah. true? Yeah. Okay. Um, guys, you want to keep going or you want to cut it here? What do you guys want to do? We can talk about some some topics. We can talk about more games people have been playing. You're the guest. Guest, make a decision. Make a hey, call. I had a huge coffee before I got here, so I have to use the bathroom. All right, we'll take a bathroom break and say sayonara to, to Alex. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Alex. Bye. Wait, before we leave, Alex, where can people find you? People can find me on the Twitter. I am at G-H-O-D-A-N underscore or at Braindeer Games. That is uh, my most popular hangout, although I don't tweet very much. You but you'll, but, you'll, but you'll, you'll, you'll find me there. Well, I see a lot of tweets. You should go to Drainbeer Games. On yeah. Twitter, he's he's definitely active. He talks a lot, and you can look forward to uh, my game by its cover jam entry if I finish it. Awesome! Have you started nice. working on one? Yeah, I've started. All right, cool. Well, until next time, bye, Alex. Bye. See ya. Read my comic. All right, we're back. Wordcast one hundred and four. 57.75. If we ever start incorporating decimals, please slap me. <laughs> that's like that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big stickler for stuff like that. Yeah. It's about it's about consistency. Integers. Integers. Only. Whole numbers. Brian, what's your feeling? Um fractions. God damn it. I only listen to podcasts that label their episodes in imaginary numbers. <laughs> Four I. I will do. I might do if I we were to do a fraction. It would have to be. It would have to exist as Unicode. Oh yeah, that's that's my, that's my big the, requirement like there. Uh, that's speak, a good concession. Speaking of Unicode, oh <laughs> good segue. Ludum Dare is coming out. Oh will, boy, is is Unicode Snowman going snowman to make a height. return? Uh, you know, Unicode Snowman's always with us. Brian, you familiar with game jams? Uh, in theory, yeah. Okay, but yeah, it's so quick, rapid video game development there's one next weekend that we host here in town called ludum dare um ludum dare is like international but we host a local version of it um but what's cool about this 
game jam is that everyone can submit a theme and then there's like a voting round. So like through the course of this next week, people are going to be voting in multiple rounds of like, I like this theme, hate this theme. And what inevitably happens. And so you can do like a plus one, zero or minus one. Like that's how they do the voting stuff. Um, And what inevitably happens is whatever theme has the smallest negative number (laughs) is what wins. I don't think I've ever seen like one with a positive score. I think there's sometimes there's, like one or two yeah but it's positive. like yeah. plus 12 yeah and then the lowest ranking one's like negative a thousand yeah um but one year someone just entered in as a theme the unicode snowman symbol and it got pretty far in the, <laughs> in the voting rounds um and there was a very vocal contingent that was like i never want to see unicode snowman and then there were people like eh, unicode snowman why not and then there were people that were like I'm only doing Unicode Snowman. <laughs> yeah, and then there were people that are like incorporating Snowman no matter what the theme was into their yeah. games. For was, the rest of time. It was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it's always a fun time. Uh, our little our little event. What was your, what's your, what's been your favorite theme? My favorite theme? Yeah. Based off like the games that are made or like the ones I felt like, ooh, creatively this yeah, was. Yeah, that one. The second. Mm, what are the themes again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, was really uh, you're the bad guy i like the uh the one that was two themes because a tie but what if uh, one of the themes should be home alone five? Oh, that'd be pretty good that would be good for like a really like like giant rom six should be the theme is home alone five i feel like the or something like that first ludum dare that I almost participated in. Ooh. The one before I started, the right. theme was alone, I think. Okay. Wasn't there like a... You're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring it home. Five. Fuck. The... Wasn't there like a very big game that came out of that one? Oh, I don't know. I feel like... They always... They're good about showcasing like games that finally like... That mm-hmm. come full releases on the Lumdari website. But kind of hope Unicode Snowman gotta go all the way especially in the summer <laughs> let him dare yeah <laughs> but yeah that should be fun that should be a fun time check it out brian yeah. next weekend no. it's interesting no i won't do that oh, okay sorry <laughs> have uh, you ever made a game uh no i can't i don't program at all uh i've i've helped develop some tabletop rpg stuff okay there's an atomic robo one really yeah like for sale? Like, mm-hmm. okay. It's nice Alex is book. so pissed right now that he left. Big tabletop guy. Oh, yeah. man. Well, when he eventually reads the comic, he'll learn, oh, I really like this. That, by the way, listeners, was not actually Alex. That was me. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought he was here. Yeah, it got weird. I'm, it's just something of a talent of mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's an RPG, and it's really good. And people should get it and play it, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. What are like the systems of the Atomic Robo RPG? Uh, it runs on Fate. Okay. Which I don't know if you're not a tabletop guy. That yeah, means I'm not nothing really at all. God, sets. people are useless. Words, Alex. <laughs> ah, <I> kickback. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just me again, listeners. Um, <laughs> is it like Gorps or Gurps? Gurps um, is one, right? God, I'm so angry right now. Um, <laughs> so the the thing that that's cool about Fate is that um. Uh, I like to think of GERDs. Actually, GURPS is real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, generic universal role-playing system. Because it's what they wanted to use Fallout yeah. with. 
and then they couldn't get the license for well, it or something. No, no. It, Fallout, the whole thing of Fallout started as a game by the GURPS people, Steve oh. Jackson Games. Oh, okay. The, they had special, except it was called something different, I think. Uh, but for whatever reason, they just pulled out and made a video game instead. Just, just made special. Yeah. Because um, then there's also Wasteland. Yeah. Which is like the precursor to, and I think there's some DNA from that, like some people who worked on that, like Chris yeah. Avalon worked on Wasteland, and mm-hmm. then he also worked on Fallout 2. Uh, fate. Right, so yes. what's, what's that do? Uh, so if you play D&D, like you're, there's a lot of math involved, Ugh. even even the, the more simpler ver- versions of it. But um, Fate kind of takes a lot of that crunchiness out and replaces it with um, a much more intuitive system um, where you're not really worried about the minutia of of a million different rules and how they intersect. It's really, it's based more on like uh, the rules of fiction and storytelling Okay, that intuitively we all kind of get. And once you read the book and you kind of understand that it's not trying to simulate a reality, it's trying to simulate telling a story you can really get along and with, with how the game makes that possible, the different mechanics interact with, with the fiction that you're creating as you play. Uh, like in Atomic Robo, in the, in the comic book, we do, you know, there's a bunch of scientists, right? They're right. action scientists. So they have big, crazy sci-fi problems, and much like in, let's say, Star Trek The Next Generation, they have a big, crazy sci-fi solution. Mm-hmm. And so in, in Next Generation, let's say, in Star Trek, you, you know, it's the technobabble scene where Geordi and Data get together and hash out some ridiculous problem where it all just means I'm going to reverse the polarity on the who's it back here. Right. And the blue beam will get post uh, post-production in and it saves the day. Uh, so this kind of has an element where the players get to do that brainstorming. They get to decide how this, you know, whatever crap they have laying around, right. how they can turn that into a solution. And there's some dice rolls and some competition between the players and the ridiculous idiotic explanation they come up with is true and, and will work if they can just, implemented if they can just succeed at doing it uh but that's fun i don't know if that explanation made any sense no it did yeah that that, that sounds cool um, and and then there's just yeah it's just a really fun system so is it just a booklet or is like uh, there pieces uh, yeah, and there, stuff involved too no there, there's a big old book it's it's mighty thick uh which means you're getting a lot for your buck okay and there's one little supplement that we that we release it's where you get to play as the bad guys Ooh. Uh, and then you need fate dice, which are special dice. They're six-sided, and they have two blank sides, two pluses, and two minuses. If you're paying attention, you can just use a regular six-sided dice and just remember which one yeah. means what. So what's that mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all you need. Okay. And some friends. That's the hard part. Uh, yeah. Mm. I've never played it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice idea. <laughs> but just go and play this video game some more. Dream the dream. Yeah. That's cool. And so you contributed like rule set and ideas for like... Uh, yeah, I, I more like uh, did all the worldy stuff because it's based on the, the setting of, of the comic book Atomic Robo. So like I got to sit down. Really the whole reason we even wanted to do an RPG was to have an excuse to make like a, a setting Bible. Like, right, know, I was going to ask, is this like your character Bible it excuse? It absolutely is. Like I, I reference it all the time because I'm like, okay, this is how that character's name is spelled. This is what his or her specialty was. This is what happened in 1972. Right. Uh, uh, Tesla dying with a Y. Yeah, stuff uh, like that. It's important. That's cool. Um, I don't think I've never really built any sort of like tabletop stuff. We have some people in the community that are really into that. Alex is actually like, "Hey, I have this idea for a card game." I'm like, "Alex, you're working on like three different game ideas right now." <laughs> well, here's, here's a fourth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that stuff always seems interesting. Well, have you ever worked on any like uh, tabletop no. or stuff like that, that? That stuff's always kind of gone over my head. I played a few 
like campaigns of Dungeons and Dragons, but I expected to be like the jerk in the room that's like, I'm just going to go to the bar and talk to the winch. And they're like, come on, we got stuff to do. And I'm like, I'm just going to draw pictures of winches. winches. Uh, but then when it actually came down to it, I was like the only person in either of the groups that was just like, shouldn't we do this? And everybody's just like, let's go to the tavern. Yeah. It's always Which, like, I. so I think I try and play it like a game and other people are playing why, it to make stories yeah well it's like i want both right but, yeah yeah but the stories i want are sometimes not the stories the other players want yeah and i don't know what your experience with like doing that kind of stuff brian is but i feel like i've never had like good team cohesion oh yeah see that that can really kill it like I, i've been really lucky in my life and that i've always had a, a really good group that were just there to let's all have fun together and you know everyone has their different competing interests and in right. what they want to see done but ultimately you know we're, we're we were always more on the same page that's cool but I've definitely heard of, uh, you know, uh, that that is not necessarily the way it always goes. Um, you, you often get just uh, problematic people. Not problematic like, you know, they're Nazis, but right. problematic like they're <laughs> right. just they're just not... They're just role-playing a Nazi. They're just, yeah, it's different. <laughs> I'm ironically a Nazi, so that doesn't count. Uh, you know, there's just... You're just not on the same page, and it's just not as fun as it could be. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I did travel... To play some other games, um, not of the tabletop variety, but of the of the the digital variety. <gasps> um, I went to the Smithsonian Arcade. Uh, when was that? Well, a couple weekends ago. I think so. Yeah. Um, first time I've been. I've never been before. Mm. Um, but so, like, have you Smith- ever been to that museum, the Smithsonian American Art? I've only museum? been to DC like as a tourist, like a couple times, mm. and a lot of them were when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's when like DC felt like it was a million miles away. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, it's two hours away. <laughs> I could, and like going up to the art museum, I was like, it's a cool part of town. Yeah. I should, I should come up more. Um, also, the art museum is like in there. I don't know if it's like Koreatown or Chinatown or mm-hmm. Japantown, but there's like Asian characters on Chinatown on the on the signage. Okay. So it is Chinatown. Yeah. But it's like, oh, there's a Chipotle. There's Chinese <laughs> <laughs> underneath it. That's interesting, which I've seen before, but it's always yeah when you don't live in a big city it's always interesting to see that kind of stuff um but yeah so sam so the smithsonian american art american museum. art museum arcade uh is what i went to um moment and tyler were showing off their vr game Lightfield, and mm-hmm. there were a bunch of other uh cool games talked to uh i'm gonna mispronounce his name i yanaman uh the creator on where the water tastes like wine he was there, so I talked for him a little bit. Talked to Robin uh, Hunicky from Phenomena. The other Robin who makes wa- Line Wobbler was mm-hmm. there, um, and that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, I was just chit-chatting with people. Talked to uh, James from Mega Cat Studios again, chit-chatting about all the stuff that he's making because he does. Uh, my buddy James from Pittsburgh, he makes um, uh, custom NES games. Yeah. Um, but so like, a bunch of his like employees are like out of uh, Carnegie Mellon, and so they're all coding them in assembly. Yeah, and like he's, you know, breadboarding them themselves. He like get the boards printed somewhere and shipped to him, and they and they put them together and everything. It's crazy. Yeah, and they make a lot of really cool games. Um, they've made a lot of them. They made a Genesis game that's like a two D brawler, like uh, the Double Dragon or something of that sort. And they one of their new games is called Little Medusa, and it's like a top down like Zelda one s style, but 
like the only things you can do is you can just turn stuff to stone and it's like kind of like that old pokemon style puzzles where it's like you're shifting rocks around and pushing stuff into place so you like turn an enemy to stone and they make a path out of them mm. um really cool stuff that they make but yeah but i played a little bit of where the water tastes like wine um and i'm actually going to have yanaman on the podcast soon oh, cool. um he's he's out of santa fe uh and so we're gonna remote in what is that game i feel like i'd get tired of that taste <laughs> of, <laughs> of wine water yeah um, sometimes i just want some water yeah you gotta feel for jesus you know <laughs> He's, he had it rough but um where the water tastes like wine is basically a folk tale folklore like sharing game so Yanaman was uh he used to work at fulbright so he was the only programmer on gone home yeah. and then after gone home he was like i want to make my own game and do my own thing so he made uh dim bulb games uh and made where the water tastes like wine and so what you do is you play as like this skeletal figure that walks around the the continental united states and you stop at different major cities richmond being one of them and i thought you said major cities (laughs) (laughs) hey man hey hey i love richmond we're not even the most populous city in the state yeah (laughs) which is weird like virginia beach is like double the size of us um but i mean it's a historic city like i'll give you that it's got stuff it's got a river it's got yeah hey hell yeah it's don't knock that river mighty james but um so basically you walk around and you listen to and in and like time wise it takes place in like first half of the 20th century so it kind of feels like 1920s 1930s stuff but you walk around parts of parts of the world and there are just like these different interaction nodes so you'll walk around with this overlay um very stylish looking kind of world map kind of thing and you're just like this uh skeleton with a bindle and you go into a city or where a marker is and you interact with it and it brings up like this illustration and this narrator narrates this scene it's like you're at a coffee shop or you're at a diner and you're getting food and you overhear the waitress telling a story of this this and this and then you pick up on the on the folk tale And then when you are traveling, you run into other characters and you exchange stories. Mm. And then you also watch how the stories adapt over time. So like at one point, and it's like based off of big, you know, famous folktales. So like, you know, Wild Bill Hickok or Jersey Devil or um, what was known? Johnny Appleseed. Uh, Like you literally meet a guy who's basically Johnny Appleseed. And it's kind of implying that he was the origin point of the story. I like I actually ran into him I think in like Hampton Roads or something or like Southern Virginia and he's like just you know he's putting seeds down and stuff and you you know you you pick up that idea and it doesn't say Johnny Appleseed unlocked it says like the woodsman or the orchard man or something like that and then you go and tell someone else that story but when you exchange stories people want like a thematic um like or a story tied to a certain theme mm-hmm. so like some of the stories are scary so like you'll meet like a hitchhiker or something you'll be like tell me, tell me a scary story and you'll tell him a scary story you've picked up and he'll tell you one back of something else uh, he said it was a very hard game to demo <laughs> because obviously like it's yeah. about the evolution of the stories as they progress throughout the game so if someone like starts playing for five minutes these, these oranges and this yeah. truck suck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> um tell me about these oranges 
And so if like they pick it up and they put it down and the next person like just continues that play, like they, you're not getting but, the yeah, connected no connection. Tissue. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool. Um, like I feel like the big thing swirling around this game is that it didn't sell at all. Like Yanaman was very upfront about how yeah. it sold. I think his quote was it sold less than the amount of Twitter followers I have. Oh, he has like 9,000. Hey, um, wait, is he saying copies or dollars? Copies. That's not bad. No, but uh, he had a publisher, and they need full recoup before revenue split. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And he was... So, uh, Good Shepherd Entertainment, which is their new name, they rebranded from something else. I can't remember. They go pretty all out with the games they publish. So, they're publishing Semblance, Mm -hmm. which Ben, Myers, and Sugar make. And so, they're two South African devs. And I met them at PAX uh, last year. They were at the indie mini booth last year. So just like a single TV with like a little signs like mm-hmm. semblance this year, like literally a 40 square foot booth mm. giant sign with their, with their logo and key art on it. And just like eight stations with their games. Whoa. Like, and, and Yanaman was describing the booth for, for where the water tastes like wine. It was like hay bales and they're giving out apples with like the logo as a sticker on the apple and all this stuff. It's like that's not cheap, like yeah. a forty square bo- foot booth. Like that's like on the scale of tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. At least that's how Rami told me. Yeah, or that's what Rami told me. Um, ain't us schlepping it in like some Manic corner fest. of the of the thing or an artist alley or something of 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 that sort. Um, so yeah, that's wild. But I I like that he was very upfront about like yeah the costs of doing that. Um. Tying it to comics, Brian. Oh, let's crap. do let's do that. <laughs> get on, get on your feet. Let's get ready. Yeah. Um, what's your experience with that? Because I mean, I'm not going to make the assumptions like comics are low cost or like you oh, know. They, no, they are compared to you know other media. Sure. Um, and we were talking before before we started recording is that like, uh, for like Kickstarters, like you see a lot like like you said with Atomic Robo or I've seen it with other ones. It's like, hey, we're going to put a new volume out. And they try to treat their Kickstarters like they're pre-orders. Yeah. Whereas games Kickstarters, we've kind of like burned that avenue really bad because there have been very major Kickstarters that just didn't, they what funded and then... Yeah, yeah, they funded in a huge way. What was it, Star Citizen? Well, Star Citizen has been putting out content. They're just very like shadowy about it, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, hey, give us five grand for your fake your Starship plus yeah. insurance. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, but I, like other, what are other big? The Yogs cast. Yeah, the Yogs cast like one a... didn't did, got funded and didn't do anything. Um, that un not unwritten tales, but untold story, un, mm. untold song. It was like a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh yeah, yeah and it had like the main guy yeah. from the Final Fantasy series tied to it, and that has been funded. That one's really weird because it got funded and then they just dragged their feet and like weren't able to do anything. And I'm not sure if the studio went under or not, but they like sold the game to another studio. Okay. And so just one day there was a Kickstarter update. It was like, Hey, we're the new studio working on this game. Um, it's going to take us a while to get everything propped up and figure out, find our feet. So we'll keep posted. And that was like maybe a year ago, six months ago. But, um, there's there's a lot fewer uh, pitfalls in comics. You know, you you draw the art, you write the script, you slap it together to PDF, right? You send it to a publisher or to the printer, and you know they they that's that's it. You're done. Yeah. 
there's not nearly so many moving parts as, you know, oh, we need the physics engine and we need this and we need that. Mm -hmm. Just easier. There's still some of the same, like, I think a lot of Kickstarter things fail because of things like, uh, like imposter syndrome. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of psychological elements. I, I, I do like to say that, I don't like to say it, but it's true. Uh, sometimes the worst thing that can happen to a Kickstarter is that it succeeds because it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure. Um, what a lot of people I, I don't think quite realize if they're not running a Kickstarter, if they've never done one, especially if if you see a campaign that's done really well. Like we did one, um, it was to, we were going to reprint our first nine books all in one go, and it raised. It was shy of two hundred grand, but it was a lot. It was just shy of two hundred grand, and. But we, we kept our expectations low. Like, it's really easy to see that kind of money and you're, you start promising right. the moon because yeah, you really yeah. don't have an idea of what that means. I mean, because right. all of us were poor, let's face it. So, you know, when you you get that kind of lump sum, it's just easy to just right. promise for everything and just blow it all and, and suddenly you've got nothing at all. And you've you had all that money and all those expectations and people are angry. We didn't do any of that. We always, we, we, we made sure yeah. that it was structured so that we were just going to only... You scope for that. Yeah. yeah, here's the books, and that's all we're going to do, and there's, right. here's some extras. Oh, so it's just like one tier, here's the book, Yeah, and maybe here's an early bird. Right, stuff yeah. like that. Like, it, we're not getting crazy. This is all stuff that we... It, it, this is stuff that we know how to produce. Most of it we've already produced. It was nine books we'd already made. You know, stuff like that. Just keep it nice and easy. So we were able to to fulfill it. But I think a lot of people, they will look at a dollar amount like that, and they'll go... They get kind of mad that you got that much. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what they're imagining is that, like, they have their own job with their own annual income, and then they imagine that this is extra bonus-free money. Yes. And <laughs> and no, right. that is my budget for paying ourselves and all of our freelancers and the shipping and the printer and the shipping to the warehouse and then the storage of the warehouse and then shipping it from the warehouse to you and then storage in perpetuity as we continue to sell right. copies. Like because we is, still have inventory. Yeah, this is just an operating budget for a very little amount of time and it will fly out the door even if we do everything completely correct. Yeah. And again, we just we just finished another Kickstarter just for one book. So this one was, you know, it's not $200,000. It's still a five-figure sum. Like it's not a small amount of money. Right. But again, it's not like this is just free bonus money that we're just right. running around. Like, Pay off my house. Yeah. Or I can I can actually get one. Yeah. It's, it's this is our livelihood this is my uh my income and scott's income and we also have to pay all the freelancers who do coloring and lettering and layout and, and then yeah. the shipping and everything yeah. there's so much involved and uh, it can be and that's in, in comics which as i said are relatively simple to produce right uh so imagine away from you yeah imagine that figure but divided by four yeah and like that's like what independent games kickstarters are getting now like i saw um at PAX East, I went up to the Kickstarter lounge. Anya Coombs, who was our last guest, uh, she does senior outreach for games for Kickstarter. And so PAX East is like their big uh, game event for Kickstarter because they're based out of Brooklyn. And they had all of these games they were showcasing, tabletop and and video games. Um, so like one of the creators of Homestar Runner was there showing off the Trogdor game. Yeah. This was before like the Kickstarter opened. Um, but some of my friends uh, from Hieroglyphic Games are working on a game called King of the Hat. And they had a successful Kickstarter, and so they were there showing off their game. And I was like, "Oh, cool!" And I checked out the Kickstarter, and it was like twenty grand. <laughs> and I'm like, "That like, like that's the expectations we're setting here." And I don't know what like what was your like goal? Like, what goals do you set at the 
for for the one that we just ran, I think we made forty three thousand off it. I think the goal was like twenty. Okay. Yeah. And it's just it's weird because like getting something is good. Like meeting your mark that you set feels good, but still that's not like there are all these concessions of like, all right, we're gonna, we made forty grand and we're promising the end of this game. It was like, well, it's probably because the game's like ninety percent done, yeah. and this is just yeah. a little little padding there to to, to grease the wheels. Um, it's not like we're starting from day one, yeah. And oh, we're gonna t- take forty grand. That's gonna float us the entire time. No. Um, and like you said, like people have these improper expectations of what that that amount of money means, yeah. And even when it's a larger sum, like yeah. you said. Um, cause like, you know, for a developer, like if, you know, you think of the, like the double fine adventure game, like when they had their big adventure game fund and it was like, what, one point a million something, something million. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, it's like, you have so much money. It was like, well, well we're based out of San Francisco, which is not a cheap city. And also like a single developer is, yeah, we, we have more than two employees. Right. It's like, <laughs> and, and every developer is like 10 grand a month burn. Like, yeah. Because that's including their salary and their health insurance and then all their other benefits and everything else if they need to take sick leave and and I just it's it, I feel like it's hard for people to extrapolate that like they understand it if like they're in that situation yeah but when they're just in a consumer it's like just give me the thing yeah um I well, I, I don't know the solution to that either well I mean I, I think part of the solution is don't put your games on sale. You gotta make money. With, it's, we with, live in capitalism. No, I mean like don't put it on sale. Like oh, like do the, sh- the no man's sky thing. It's like hey, it's sixty bucks because yeah, that's deal what with it. Yeah. that's what the price we put at. Yeah, and I mean like a lot of other games get away with that. Obviously, Nintendo gets away with that, but I mean obviously they're Nintendo. They're not an indie developer, but it's this weird thing of like you know we have to set up proper expectations, and I'm sure for comics it's not any easier because i mean what how much is like a single like issue an nowadays? issue these days runs about four dollars okay which uh, is ridiculous it, it really should be like if you take like you know we've all seen the old comic covers where it's like a nickel or 10 cents or whatever yeah if you extrapolate you know uh inflation going forward like it should be now it should be maybe a dollar fifty Right, but uh, it has to be four dollars because the print market has shrunk so much that we're not we didn't we're not uh uh, we don't have the advantage of the economies of scale that we used to have in print. Also, now for some reason they want this super high quality paper in floppy issues, even though the floppy issues are meant to be disposable. Uh, they so also don't really sell, do they? Like, don't the trades sell better? The, the trades sell much better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like we, when when we did that first Kickstarter for all nine books, our plan was to never do uh, issues or or be in comic book shops at all. It was all going to be self funded. We're going to do these hardcovers, and that'll be the book, and we'll just sell direct to the fans. That's great. Right. But IDW said they're they're a fairly large publisher. They said, "Oh, we noticed you're not publishing anymore. How about we just do Atomic Robo for you?" We said, "Well, that's can we still do these hardcovers because we're in the middle of this campaign?" They're like, "Yeah, do whatever you want. We just wanted we just want to do the issues for you." So we were like, "All right." So it's not an insignificant amount of money, you know. It, it's still it's profit. We get a, a quarterly royalty check from them, um, but like it's not what we make from the trades right. or from our hardcovers or even just going to. I guess that's technically trades as well. You know, when we go to shows every right. year, you know, the annual income from shows is, is pretty good as well. Yeah. When I was like listening a lot to like comic creators talk about that stuff, it was very much like going to a show. Cause like when we go to a show, it's for <laughs> followers or it's for, mm-hmm. it's, it's at least at the level we're at. Like, I mean, Will, Will has a, a release game. I don't yet, but 
it can be exposure sometimes yeah. is the goal. It's like, hey, we're, we need to drum up it. Like, this is part of our marketing push, yeah. right? It's part of our marketing cycle. But, like, when I see a lot of independent comics creators, it's like taking, I got, you know, 20 trades with me and shoving them in my suitcase and I'm going to unpack that and put it on the table and, like, see yeah. what happens. I mean, like, going to, like, over. small press expo versus, like, any game convention thing I've been to, it's like, the attitude is so much different. Like, people are, like, getting money out right like we're not a bunch of booths and we're giving away stickers and whatever yeah and like at uh, at any games thing like people like expect to get free stuff e3 really or just play games everybody yeah i mean i'm i guess that did really set up the expectation of like hey it's an it's a marketing event it's Mm -hmm. about like you're coming here to see stuff and even like what you said with the uh like with the cost of comics versus games, like I helped uh, my buddies over at Fingy and they made Night in the Woods and, and Cannibal and a bunch of other other games. I helped them out at their PAX East booth and they're selling at like the little um, moo.com like business cards with the Steam yeah. code printed on them. And then they were also, Penny Arcade did a, d- does the little pin trading thing. Right. Um, and they're like, hey, Fingy, do you want to do one of like a Night in the Woods character? And like, sure. And like, all right, you have to order, I think like a thousand of them, like minimum order. Um, and I think it was like five dollars a pop per pin. Yeah, and they're selling them for like twenty five. Yeah, and like that's more profit than they get on their game. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Like, why don't let's, let's be pin makers? Let's just make pins. Right. Mina's doing it. I wonder if a a games convention could work if it was like marketed as and like run as more like an artist alley type. Like for selling, right? Yeah, that would be a very interesting thing. Or like the vendor stuff, like that Magfesta or any yeah, convention, yeah. really. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's weird. Like, because how would you set it up? Would be like, hey, you can't even try out the game unless you pay for it. Like microtransaction. We here's your dollar. Now you yeah. can try it. Yeah, or you could do like um, maybe like there's vouchers, right? Right. Like, like uh, that that'd be smart. Built into your pass, mm-hmm. you get three games off the floor. And then you just make the pass expensive enough to um, pay them out. Pay pay out the creators. I'm sure Pax would super go for that idea. <laughs> sure, they're more than excited to go for an idea like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the solution is. Well, I'm I'm glad that the, on the comic side at least it sounds like like at least costs are low and like you know you get to experiment and stuff. Yeah, which yeah, I, it's it's a it's a really fun medium to just you know you have a a story or an idea image and um, and make something out of it. Yeah, and get it out there. And like you said, with uh, like the stress of like making sure you fulfill a Kickstarter, I think isn't Rich Burlew like still fulfilling that Kickstarter for uh, Order of the Stick? Oh Lord, I don't know. Yeah, because he also it was like a million dollar one. Yeah, he got like a lot of money. Yeah, and then like it was like a string of of things happened after where just like hey, I broke my hand or something, so I can't make the art and all this other stuff. I was like, man, and I from what sounds like like his his uh, fans are super. His readers are super yeah, forgiving. Yeah, a really good community. So, um, yeah, I mean, and again, like when when you succeed at a Kickstarter, like that is just the beginning of right. a slog of work. Like right now, we're coordinating with a bunch of people to make some of the bonus stuff that we promised, but it's stuff that we've you know done before and budgeted before. So you know, this isn't the thing where it's where it's like, oh, we don't know what's happening. Right. It's just it's just Lord. I just we just finished the campaign and running it is so much work. Why do we have to do even more work now? Right. And it's the same thing with like a game like oh games released we're done right it's like no, no. they gotta like 
bug fixes like hey there's this game breaking bug you need to fix or it's corrupting all these saves mm. and that was like the thing with like the infamous fez save breaking bug right it's like fez came out in xbox live arcade and then there was a like a bug that was affecting like one percent of users and it would just like demolish their save just completely destroy it and he's like i want to i can fix this or i can put out a patch but it's like five it was no it was like it's twenty five thousand or yeah, something ridiculous yeah it was yeah. something a ridiculous amount to push and they've gotten rid of that requirement in the current generations but yeah it's hard it's hard being an independent creator and then you're like maybe i should just go work for a big studio and then you see all the workers rights problems happening on that and you're like yeah Yeah, as a guy who's been doing i've paid every bill of my life by comics and comics that i i own basically i own the property or whatever Uh, in insofar as 8-bit theater was anything I, i could say i owned it was something i was the my own boss of i'll say that and that was primarily ad driven right because there were never yeah. any books yeah, or that, trades yeah or anything. that was way back in the day when you could throw up two ads and that was your monthly income then project wonderful just like just shut down just shut down yeah. yeah um yeah so you know being your own boss for so long it's like i don't even know that i could imagine functioning in a corporate environment right like i have a hard enough time as a freelancer um uh, I'm making myself out to look real good in here. To, please hire me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where where they'll you know they'll they'll you can tell when when the client is, has uh, good intentions and bad, and when they're used to being able to get away with bad intentions because well, where else are you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna do my own thing. See ya. Right. Yeah. I think we've all dealt with that to a certain extent. Like, well, and I have full time jobs right now, mm-hmm. um, but I think we're thankfully in pretty good positions and pretty forgiving that we do a bunch of shit on the side yeah i'm yeah. um, pretty flexible with that but yeah cool so, well because you guys have useful skills <laughs> <laughs> writing's <laughs> useful yeah but no one cares like i i, I yeah. in my darkest moments i've wondered oh what else can i do i can be a dishwasher <laughs> that's what i'm qualified for you can tell great stories while you're washing those dishes while i'm washing them yeah for the same minimum wage yeah <laughs> i mean if <laughs> I feel like, you know, the devaluation of writing is even a headier, bigger topic that one could fall into or that we could dedicate an entire episode to. Oh, especially with games. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, no offense to you guys because I don't know anything about your work, but uh, video game writing. <laughs> yeah. Got got some work to yeah. do as an industry. Yeah. I agree. It's true. Although, really, uh, the, the talent is there. It's just the budget is, and the budget is there, but the people in charge of the budget no what's that and like how they how games historically have been made yeah. it's like oh story comes when after pre-production yeah, once we're done yeah. and yeah and generally it's just going to be by a guy who's a programmer and again no offense programming is uh, obviously a very good skill uh it's no writing but it's not writing that's not what you spent all your time learning how to do and, right. and yeah like i yeah agreed it's true so learn writing well get to it uh, i just like i'm hearing excuses <laughs> there's there's a part of me that's just like it's better if i abandon writing <laughs> rather yeah. than be like i'm gonna tell a story in this game well the thing so i used to want to be like a comics creator right mm. um so i have like a background in like i i, I kind of call it like my four like pillars right so i have i have a degree in computer science a degree in business i have a minor in writing and then when i was in community college i did art and i i value all those skills kind of equally um and i understand like all the all the pros and cons of each one of them and for a while i wanted to be a comics creator because i was inspired by people like brian (gasps) um 
with, with what they made. And I think the big thing that kind of like turned me off from it was talking to me. That that was it. (laughs) No, it was like before, you know, Twitter was big or even I used it or anything like that is that you would go to like comicbook.com or comic book resources and they're all just talking about Batman or whatever. Yeah. Right. Oh God. And I'm just like that. That's so weird. And you compare it to like, you go to Polygon, you go to Kotaku, you go to X, Y, or Z like gaming outlet and they're talking about the big stuff and the really little stuff. And I was like, Cause yeah, because the little stuff uh, is good. That, that's the sign yeah. of a healthy industry, right? And and that there's a healthy conversation within that industry about where it can go. Because the little guys are the ones who are willing to experiment mm-hmm. in ways that the big guys just know. Oh, we don't have the budget to be to risk this weird idea. Yeah, and it's like, and obviously Twitter has opened my eyes more. It's like, oh man, there's a lot of creators. Like obviously, I follow webcomic creators, and then it's really cool seeing like where webcomic creators in the past are now. So, I mean, like Ryan North doing the stuff for like Squirrel Girl Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. Like, that's really awesome to see. I have no idea what Randall Monroe's trajectory was. Like, I feel like he's still doing XACD, obviously, but like a bunch of other, like wrote a book about all the weird questions that I get and all the what if things. Um, But like, I follow like Julia Kay and Kate Leth um, and all their stuff is like super cool and inspiring. They, They work in animation though, but they've have, history in in comics or they work on comics on the side oh i don't know yeah there's tons but there's a lot of crossover with people who work in animation but also do comics yeah but that stuff like maybe it's like oh okay like it was just the press outlets for some reason and they still are that way i I know it's weird it's like what's going on like why are like why aren't we talking about the small stuff like it's just as important but i so i feel like games and comics like have really interesting things to learn from one another like I wish comics would learn more about like focusing on the small developers from like a major news outlet side and games just need to learn from like, you know, obviously, like you said before, like holding writing in high regard and also like better management of resources and production. And we both got a gate. <laughs> both got a gate. Uh, we won't go into that right now because we're <laughs> kind of running kind of long, but both those gates suck. Uh, I watched that Jim Jeffries thing. When he covered it, mm. he like went to Comic Con. He was yeah. like covering. It. I'm like, dude, you like softballed this real bad, <laughs> dude. What's going on? I suppose because he's probably so distant from the problem, like you know, because we're in these communities and so we we see how it affects people, and I, and I think it's just easy to imagine. Oh, it's just these wacky guys with their dumb opinions. It's it's so much more poisonous than that. Sure, and it's it, and I th- and not not that I'm defending because I haven't even seen this sketch, but I've seen people talk about it. It just seems to me that it's a situation where this guy just misjudged how awful the the situation that he's making fun of is. Right. Like it, they're even worse than what you're trying to portray them as. What's well, even the problem? You, with, you've not done enough. Yeah. What's well, like the problem with like that sort of like Colbert Report and Daily Show kind of like oh okay we're gonna put them up on a platform and then mock them yeah it's like but you still put them on a platform yeah and it's like people getting mad now it's like don't quote tweet some shitty guy just so you can dunk on them right. because you're yeah. still giving them attention yeah that's all they want yeah so <sighs> well thanks thanks Will yeah sure made me depressed <laughs> well guys I think that's a good place to to end it how do you feel end it all. <laughs> Can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bullet to the temple. <laughs> um, unless you guys have anything else that you want to bring up? Anything? I got nothing. Off the top of the dome? Okay. Um, Loom Dari's coming up. Yeah, big time. It'll be happening when this recording comes up. Uh, so we'll talk about all the cool stuff we made. Um, in terms of... Uh, re- 
upcoming episodes, like I said, uh, Yonaman, who worked on Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. I'm doing a recording with him. Uh, that should be coming up shortly. Immediately coming up, I believe. Kelly Wallach. Cool. Commanding officer of Indie Megabooth. See ya. Yes. Um, she's coming on to talk about Indie Megabooth. And then immediately after that, PAX West is happening. Head out to PAX West to do Hidden Gems, our panel showcasing small creators and little games on the show floor packs. That should be cool. Uh, Felix Kramer is going to be on that. And Khalif Adams should be great. Brian, yeah. thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. Anytime you want to talk more about games or gates. Games and gates. Welcome to my new show. <laughs> what can go wrong with this title? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Title gate. Uh, Brian, where can people find you? Good question. Uh, mostly I'm on Twitter, B Clevenger, um, and also at atomic-robo.com. It's where you can read uh, tons of tons, tons and tons. Tons and tons. Of free comics. Cool. Um, and keep up with our news there. And uh, I think those are the big two. Yeah. Awesome. Will, where can we find you? 01010111.itch.io. What's that mean? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Which part? <laughs> what, you going to answer the man or not? Oh, it's just W in binary, I guess. Itch.io is, is cool steam. Mm-hmm. Indie steam. <laughs> um, and if you like this podcast and want to listen to any of our other ones, check them out at ward-games.com or on Twitter at Ward Video Games or on your podcast app of choice. Just look up Awardcast. Comment, like, and subscribe. <laughs> um, thank you guys again. It's weird that you have a robot to do that. Yeah, it's a soundboard. <laughs> Alex is back. <laughs> Comment, like, and subscribe. Wow, that was that's even better than my impression. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex. But until next time, guys. See ya.